Wake up, gamers, because you're listening to the Big Think Dimension with Dan and Bob Video Games. What? Huh? Chris Wolfhard. Snoot. And Dr. Agro. Every day I wake up, and it's Groundhog's Day. Here on Gigaboots. Is that the plot to Goodbye Volcano High? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I had to take a moment to dream of a world in which it was. <laughs> oh man, that would be so good. It's like just being that brazenly, creatively bankrupt to be like, that was a cool movie. What if it was dinosaurs in high school? <laughs> I'm not sure I got 40 minutes into his stream of that game. <laughs> God. Oh, man. It is, it is repellent. <laughs> wow. See, I couldn't watch because my internet... See, I live in a hole in the ground, and the internet can't reach it, which is good because it kept me safe from FromSoft trying to patch any nerfs into that game just in case. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Big Thing to Mention number 238. That, that is a really high number. Yeah. I'm, I'm Dan Video Games. Hello. That's Bob. I'm here. Well, actually, that, that's Chris. <laughs> and then down there is Dr. Agro beneath my title card. This plays well to audio version, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, we have a lot. Theater to of the mind. Yes. It's like I had a friend who was like, sketch comedy shows aren't as funny as stand-up. And I'm like... I kind of get that because you get to imagine it, but there's always something about sketch comedy like you get to see them trying to make the budget work. Right. Mm -hmm. Man, they sure have a lot of sketches in this room saying deranged shit because <laughs> that's free. Season one of sketch comedy shows are always the best because you can tell when they've been doing live improv shows for years and they don't understand that they're not in theater anymore. You mean like every time a member of uh, Kids in the Hall took the stage to deliver a monologue that yeah. was like two minutes long? That was like in the middle of season two, you watch them figure out they're on TV. It's great. Yes! <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Uh, Dan, you can't reference Kids in the Hall. It's older than any of us are. It's okay. Comedy Central was playing reruns fly into the 90s. <laughs> no, it's true. That's the only reason I ever saw oh. it. Oh, oh yeah. So now now anybody younger than us will just be confused. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, also got a new luckily, season like last year, right? Did. Can we not talk uh, about that? Because see their dicks. Yeah, that's why so, I don't want to so, talk about that. So on the since I, I was about to once again go in like sorry, <laughs> sorry, Zoomers, like it's all gonna be the late nineties until the Earth's biosphere collapses again. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> it's so true. Like we've been, we're just trapped in the infinite Tsukiyomi culture. Like we locked it all of culture in the aughts, and it's just there forever now. Like the They're Matrix was right. We peaked in 1999. <laughs> that it's it's hard to explain to somebody younger than like 30. It's like no, in like before 9/11, we thought the world had been solved. Like that is what culture was presenting. Like yep. everything was just gonna keep going up forever. There was never gonna be another war. All the problems society faced were, were just speed bumps on the road to utopia. Interestingly, that's pretty much the same general vibe right before World War I happened. Mmm. 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 Uh, 
Uh, anyway, we put... I'm looking forward to the uh, the Star Killer Disney Plus show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that does just seem hilarious that they would do that. Um, we played a lot of video games. We did uh, way more than we expected to on last <laughs> Friday's stream. Uh, let's start off with the one we planned: Crash Four. It's about time. You remember how that stream was, Crash 4? It's about time? Hardly, honestly. By the time we finished, that was a distant memory because so many amazing moments had occurred outside of Crash 4 that it just, the stream was co-opted by the rest of events of that day. <laughs> but let's get through Crash 4 first. Crash 4 is really good. I, there was a reputation going around that it was insanely hard and it, it would be a challenging stream. And I'm like, I can't. Like, the 100%ing stuff in that game's deranged. Yeah, that stuff just shouldn't be the way so, it is. Yeah. So knowing that was there made me lend any credibility to people saying that. I'm like, maybe it does just go insane at some point, <laughs> right? Like, if they thought putting perfect level to get any skins, we yeah. made so many, they're so good, be perfect to get them, uh, means they had the capacity mm -hmm. for evil. Uh but, like, no, it, was, it really wasn't that bad. In fact, the, the major trip up on the entire stream was me not knowing. When you slide off an edge, if you keep holding the slide button, you'll just keep going laterally across midair. Like, <laughs> you don't fall. Little coyote time? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those mechanics that makes perfect sense in Donkey Kong Country where you're doing a spin. Well, you actually like... do fall when you spin in that. Wait, what? Yeah, you have gravity still. You just have a lot of horizontal momentum. Okay. A lot. And, and you, you can, can jump, jump out, out of it. Of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whereas this is like the charge kick in Mega Man Maker. Right. Where it's just like <laughs> fly. Yeah. Uh which which made it an interesting like moment where it's like the game didn't teach me that that's how that works. Uh -huh. So you can watch this one jump most of the way through the game where I'm just dying over and over and I'm like this timing seems random on these leaves. I don't know how they thought this was reasonable. And then you find out Keep holding the crouch button. You will continue <laughs> to go through the air, which is weird because at that point you'd kind of feel like maybe just hitting it at all would do the full slide and you could just jump out whenever, but especially since you're in midair. But apparently, no, the moment you stop holding the slide, you just fall. Um, yeah, that's so that's a really mm. weird way to set that up. But yeah, aside from that, yeah, it, it basically was the flying red barrel of Crash 4. <laughs> uh, Someone in chat politely let me know, like, oh, no, you just keep holding the crouch. You will travel under the branch. Because I will describe this obstacle. It's a river. Mm -hmm. There's a timed laser. There's leaves that go under a completely uh, a branch that is covering everything on the screen except for a slip in it. Mm -hmm. And so you need to slide underneath in the amount of time this leaf takes to go underneath the branch. It is virtually the exact same size as the branch. So if you can imagine my brain being racked with dodge the laser, land on it in time, slide underneath, and still have enough leaf on the other side to jump off of. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, aside from that moment, there was like the end of the game thing where it's like use every power. And they gave us enough lives to keep trying that, so it's hard to describe as an insane difficulty spike when it just... Don't, don't you have to opt into lives anyway? Yes. Yeah, they ask you at the beginning of the game. They're like, do you want modern stuff or are you classic? And I'm like, uh, okay. Classic? I guess I'm vintage? 
it, it is it's always great when a platformer forces you to do the sherlock holmes bit or it's like <laughs> where it goes through you have to go through all the steps really fast or you die yeah. imagine crash doing a discombobulate to neocortex <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, retro was the way they described it. Um, I really enjoyed Crash 4. Um, I wish more than anything that that fucking skin system, the collectible system, didn't ruin the experience of me playing that years ago when it came out. Yeah, no, that just deranged levels of like, why were you thinking? Get every I mean, single it, box? When we Isn't put the boxes just slightly out of the frame of the camera. Yeah, yeah that's this... fucked up. But but once you get like the flipped version of the levels, don't those also stack and you can get the skins? The cost to get the skins also goes up past that point. So by the end of the game, oh. you have to perfect both the normal version of the level and the bizarro version of the level in order to get a skin. Yeah. It's crazy. Like the last two worlds are that pretty much. Yeah, it goes because what is it? Five stars or whatever per version uh by the end of it or six it's six per version and then by the end of it it's like the entire last world plus is like 10 you need 10 so yeah but the thing is like i really enjoyed playing the game like i thought it was really cool there's lots of good moments uh like the bad guy running into the alternate version of himself that's a lady and falling in love with her the thing we were afraid the the, the ratchet clank a ripped apart was going to be about right um yeah it was it was fantastic i really enjoyed that game more than anything i wish that collectible system wasn't there at all <laughs> that's it um yeah bob did you have any thoughts on crash 4 not really it it was fun it looks great. Yeah, it looks really nice. Cool like, art man, style. Thank you for the next gen upgrade on that and Tony Hawk One Plus Two. Yeah. Um watching you do that thing at the end where you switch between all the powers, uh, it was very much like a Mega Man Maker level, which was crazy. Mm. We were so prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you, Asidia. <laughs> the sky candy prepared us for this deranged moment in Crash Four. It also made me think, man, I wish that these different powers had more like extremely distinct looks to them. Oh, you're telling me I'm doing the final boss fight of the game. They're like, he's purple now. And I'm like, which power was that? Right. I'm (laughs) like, I look, make him just all that color. Just bright that. Not this weird thing. It's like, oh, it glows in certain parts. Right. That color is like, no, it's got to be more direct. if You're going to have something this skill. Also, I need the silhouette to really stand out. Yeah. Like really, really stand out. Like mm-hmm. almost Overwatch standout, where it's like, oh, this is the power spin one. So you have insanely huge shoulders, right? Yeah, it needs something like that to really just drive home. These are what the powers do. Yeah, because I'm hitting R two and finding out every time, basically. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which I was doing just in the regular levels before I started doing that. Like I mm-hmm. get something and be like, well, which one is this? Oh, I killed myself. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's how you find out. You fuck around. Um. Yeah. Nothing else? Yeah. Okay, so now I have to describe the absolute insanity that was the rest of the Friday stream. (laughs) So you, dear listener and viewer, may recall a game called Fort Solace being shown off at opening night live. Troy Baker took the stage with some other people, I don't remember who, to talk about this game that they spent two years in development and it was like an indie level 
AAA experience is clearly the image they're giving you. They show the trailer. The trailer has like some sort of like cutscenes of this character going through a QTE and other actiony sequences. Yeah, it was one of the twelve mystery horror space games that Jeff Keighley had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we were like, "Hey, this has a game trial on PlayStation." So we can try it, and now anyone in the entire fucking world will know what Fort Solace was. Mm. So we boot it. You need to understand, viewers. Sometimes when I say things, people, they, they listen to the podcast, they go, oh, there's Dan hyperbolizing again. And then they go experience the thing, they're like, Dan, I thought you were exaggerating. And I'm, no, this time, this is one of those times where I'm being quite literal. The game is nothing but walking slowly around a space station, looking at a tablet as a 2D video plays on it of a mocap performance that you can tell they mocapped into a webcam or something. And that's it. There's like... Okay, but like, it, is what they're delivering via this any good? I'll get to that. Oh. <laughs> there are QTEs. They're really bad really bad yeah they're like comically bad versions of david cage qtes and they yeah. didn't make a game seemingly where any of that can change anything i intentionally no. failed every qte in a fight and then nothing changed because the game was just headed that direction anyways hey you you know um you know that line your scientists spent so long concentrating on whether or not you could do something that you didn't stop to consider if you should. Mm -hmm. That is. Oh, God. That, yeah, no. That is the only thing I've seen of that game. I saw that clip. That is delivered wholesale, completely genuinely, at the peak of this game's plot. They, they were like, this is a moment. Yeah, no. I, I, I flash back to Detroit when that happened. Yeah. And that's the thing. The rest of the game barely has anything going on. But that was them being like, we're going to deliver a question that's going to hit you hard. Quotes Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, quotes one of the biggest movies of all time. And the biggest meme. Like, everyone <laughs> uses that ironically online to describe, like, people doing stupid shit <laughs> the thought that you this is one of the few ideas you had in writing this game is insane yeah i wish i could describe the game to you more but i already described literally all of it well so you're wandering around a space station i did did some terrible event happened beforehand and you're finding out about it or so you get you sent to rescue the president's daughter you get a, a a manual emergency signal from fort solace so you head over there to check it out and it becomes apparent immediately someone has murdered everyone you then slowly figure out that someone has murdered everyone is the dude walks around calmly like oh yeah after the murders are very obviously have occurred he's still just like doing random banter with the guy on the radio and not taking things seriously at all it's, well, it's yeah the murder's done no he's oh, in no? the building the, yeah. okay you watch well, surely did, his bloodlust has been slaked did, did, <laughs> did somebody write he's still in the building and blood on a wall somewhere probably and we didn't find it aim, aim for Frankly, their limbs yeah aim for their limbs uh 
there are moments where he'll like to what Bob's saying. There's moments he'll watch a grisly murder occur via this tablet that he sees every event in the game through, which is the same computer on every desk in the entire world. Mm. Uh huh. And it's this like piano wire murder as he's choking someone, and you're just like, and then he he'll basically have the gravitas of Seth Rogen chuckle fucking around the space station like oh i wish i could get some beer <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about man look space travel is sometimes a very high oxygen environment <laughs> uh there was a moment that was even more extreme than the example i just gave where the murderer confronts you and you just barely win a conflict with him and then your main character just casually starts walking to the next thing with weird quips. You know, I'm, I'm assuming quips. that there's no way to back this up with the text, but if I was going to send somebody to investigate weird space murders, uh-huh. knowing how much weird shit is in space to murder you, uh-huh. I'd sedate the shit out of that guy. <laughs> that thing, though, is that he is just a random, like, engineer, uh, yeah, basically. engineer working on a, like, uh, oil field that's near there. And then t- is answering emergency calls, so it's not like... Oh, no, he's definitely high as shit. <laughs> Space oil refinery engineer? No, that, the, that guy's got shit you've never heard of. <laughs> it comes right out of the replicator. He shoves a straw up in there to bypass the safety <laughs> nozzle. Um, I don't have anything else to add on Fort Solace except for the context in which we played this game because as you might recall I said we did a game trial now for people who don't know if you have PlayStation Plus Plus or Plus 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 you get access to game trials that work for a limited amount of time on a number of games that number is like 30 I guess but this trial was supposed to be one hour it let us beat the whole game The, the game was exactly three hours we're like, you were supposed to time us out. Why did you make us play all of Fort Solace on stream? <laughs> we just wanted to check it out to see if anyone cared. Um, but it let us do that. And then that became dangerous knowledge. Because now Bob and I knew any game trial could be the game trial that just lets you play a whole game. So then we played Callisto Protocol. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the dream. Of all those years standing in Walmarts and Targets at N64 <laughs> kiosks, trying to get as far as you can before it resets. Right? So, we play Callisto Protocol. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about that game, other than I'm really glad I skipped it last year, having played it now. Yeah, that makes like sense. You don't like the DMC troll dance combat, where you just tap, <laughs> you just swing yourself left and right? But never the same direction more than once. You have to go left, right, left, right, yeah. left, right. It's really weird. They like The whole dodging mechanic in that game is like, just to be clear, it doesn't matter. Just go one way, and then whatever way you went, keep going the opposite for the next dodge. Always. That's the combat. I thought I would enjoy it based on that description a lot more than I actually did. Like, everyone was yeah. like, it's kind of like Punch-Out. Could and be I'm fun. Like, I'm like, like what's, oh. what's, Who's the boxer in Tekken, Steve? It's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I... I thought I would enjoy it. It turns out for a system like that, you kind of need a lock-on system that's reliable. Right, that would be cool. uh, Oh, it's 
Make it a brawler. Just go the whole way. <laughs> yeah, now it's like, oh, it'll lock on sometimes when the enemy's close enough and you're looking at them, right? What if there are two oh, enemies? No. What if there are three no. enemies? <laughs> yeah. That's holy shit. Right? It's like the most basics of what you need for a system like this. It yeah. doesn't have. Yeah. It could have been really good if it was just a weird horror brawler. Uh-huh. Which I think is what that Splatterhouse remake was now that I've described something as horror brawler. Man, we need to play through that at some point. Yeah, we do. We do. It's too bad that, like, as far as I know, that's not on backup pad for Xbox. Yeah, I don't think so. If, I would like that game to run well. Right. That would be cool. It certainly doesn't in its original release. No, it doesn't, especially on PS3. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't have anything else to say about Callisto Protocol. I just didn't enjoy it. Uh, that it was, time it was just, neat seeing that one dude in an insanely high fidelity. Yeah, the, Deke. The, the Apprentice. <laughs> No, Deke. Deke the Apprentice. Yes. Deke. <laughs> it's the same actor. Awesome. Yeah. The, the, the face scan here is a lot closer to his real face. So I'm just sitting there seeing a weird, like, if you shaved an emaciated Deacon Days Gone, that's this guy, basically, where it's just like his face was so much fuller as Deke. It's so weird to look at this. I don't. Yeah. He's also, sh yeah, fully yeah, shaved. Fully just shaved, not. Yeah. It after you get used to seeing Deacon Days Gone like that, you don't want to see him shaving. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems weird. It's like a shaved poodle. It's a weird shaved dog look. Um, yeah, the, the, the plot and universe of uh, Callisto seems really cool, and I wish I could experience that in a mechanically much more enjoyable game. <laughs> um, because I was pretty sold on the premise of insane prison planet that you landed on is run by completely insane warden. Yeah, I, I remember the run-up. That game looked fucking crazy. Right. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, I don't know. Feel free to try yourself. There are people in the fan base who, who, who liked it, and I know one person who platinumed it. They didn't seem happy about doing that. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I think they did it before they patched it to fix... Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of Jedi Fallen Order. I guess we don't... No one put that in news, did we? No, I, I played it, so I was going to just talk about oh, it during this. Okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll not step on that, <laughs> and uh, we'll try to get through the rest of this Friday stream. <laughs> so the Callisto Protocol game trial timed us out. Now our batting average is 50-50. Mm -hmm. Which means we have to do one more. And there were a lot of options. There were like 30 options. The problem is like... That, the, kit, the game trials, they can be different amounts of time. Mm. You know, Fort Solace is a three-hour game, so it only had a one-hour game trial. The List of Protocol, I believe, was also about an hour something. Yeah. Now, we could either uh, play Hogwarts Legacy for 45 minutes, which <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about that game. I do know it's a giant AAA game, so 45 minutes doesn't get you shit. Yeah, that sounds like it's just long enough to not realize what it is. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And the other option is Bob and I could say our curiosity about a specific game that Sony thought was really important that they shipped late last year. The Last of Us Part 1. Mm. And it was a two-hour game trial. So deciding we didn't want any viewers... <laughs> Bob and I boot the game trial for The Last of Us Part 1. Now, something that maybe hasn't come up a lot on the podcast because every cutting-edge game now looks like ass because of FSR and ray tracing and noisy artifacts and running at really low resolutions is I'm a bit of a tech slut. 
I'm a little bit of a graphics whore. I enjoy getting to see something in a new awesome fidelity and it looked fancy and in and of itself, that is its own small, not the most important, but a small virtue that could be honored and appreciated. I felt nothing. Not one thing. Clarification as well. I enjoyed The Last of Us when I played it, the original, when it came out. I even thought it was neat on PS4. But we sat here with this game for two hours. And it's like nothing. Yeah. It's, it's so indescribably... I wouldn't buy it for $10. And they sold it at $70. Mm-hmm. Is, is it like the Yakuza Kiwami effect where it's like, oh, you just put higher fidelity things on the exact like animations and facial animations and like it just looks like I guess this is higher fidelity but it looks strange so according to Sony and Digital Foundry who's mostly repeating what Sony said to some extent they redid a lot of things when it comes to animations and other things in this but it absolutely feels like what you just described. Yeah, no, it does not feel like anything Tur turns new. Out, turns out Top Shelf didn't change that much in the nine years between the original release and this. Well, it's not only that, it's that it was a fucking PS3 game. Like, the environments are things that could be done on a PS3, which you, you say that, and someone could be like, well, that doesn't mean anything, and I'm like, oh, it means a lot. Like, these environments have to be rather barren. Mm -hmm. Like, it has to be a harbor with virtually nothing. Like, there's water from here to the right, and then flat everything all around you. Because they they wanted to do the exact same level design. Right. Like, there's nothing improved mechanic-wise from, two, the, like, bringing stuff from two into one. None right. of that new stuff is there. Right. So it's literally the same exact game yeah, without it, any changes. If it felt like two, like, in every way, mm -hmm. and it had the fidelity of two then maybe it would have done something. But I feel like to some extent you have to change the levels in order to accomplish that. Yeah, which they, if they're going to charge $70 for this, a remake like this. They, they should, should have. have. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Uh, what, something that really like stood out to me is there's not a lot of movement in the environments. Like You expect yeah. like a lot of moving things in modern games. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's very much just stale. Stale. Yeah. stale. Mm -hmm. It's strange. Yeah. No, it, it feels... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Clinical. Mm. Like cleanse, no life at all found. <laughs> uh, antiseptic? I don't know. Sterile? Sterile, yes. Um, all of the environments felt that way. It's really weird because like, oh, it's a city and it's blowing up and everything's on fire and you're running and stuff and it's still just like, yeah, but this doesn't look like something even from the PS4 generation. Like at some level, your brain can just Figure that out. I don't know. Yeah, no, like put this, put that scene next to the Resident Evil Two remake, and it's like, right, it's nowhere close. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That is a really good comparison because that's not even Resident Evil Three remake, which had a way more expensive city scene with shit exploding. Um, and that's the thing. Like in my head, until this moment, we tried it on the stream. My brain was like, "Yeah, I'd love to own it, not for seventy. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, "No, I can't." 
that that is the most boring fucking thing I've done with my life anytime recently. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't help that that's one of their least replayable games ever. Right. Yeah. Like we got two hours in and it was like, oh my god, the game's almost starting. <laughs> yeah, we we had a whole conversation after that stream of how The Last of Us One might be the least replayable Naughty Dog game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I keep thinking like I want to replay The Last of Us One, and then I think. There's a limited number of those in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hang on to that a little longer. Oh, yeah. And and play the PS4 version. Because, like, one of the things I brought up on that stream is when you see the PS4 version, which is just the PS3 game running in a higher resolution, mm -hmm. you can see the beauty of what they were able to accomplish on the PS3. You see the assets. You see all these things. The PS5 version doesn't have that charm. It doesn't have that... Uh, aspect of it to be appreciated at any level anymore mm -hmm. yeah it did like they're not taking limited tools and doing something amazing they're taking amazing modern tools and hollowly recreating lesser things right it's yeah no it was yeah. it was a waste that that whole project was ugly it shouldn't have happened it sure was a thing someone pitched because they knew it could get green light and then that someone left so the people who handled it wasn't even the same studio by the end. Yeah, I, what, I honestly, what a situation. I, I playing it. I was like, is there anyone happy with this? Is there anyone buy this and was satisfied? Uh, probably someone who didn't play The Last of Us one originally. Probably. I was maybe like, they saw the the HBO show and they're like, I want to know this story. Exactly. Like if they if they're coming from the HBO show, I can't imagine going to this and not just being disappointed. Was it not living up to what that did? Yeah, yeah, to some extent, it, you got to be like that, that. That what they're expecting is The Last of Us Two fidelity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's also weird because the show is so close to the game story already. It is. Um, it's really close. The changes are pretty. They're not hugely different. Right. So you would really just hit Bill and be like, "Oh, this is a different look at, in town." It's no longer and, like and, and, and so all you really get is, uh, yeah, now Joel has killed hundreds and hundreds of people. <laughs> that is an important aspect of Joel, I think. Um, yeah, anyway, that's it. I'm done talking about The Last of Us Part 1. By the way, Game Trial didn't let us play the whole game of that either. Which, uh, <laughs> Luckily. Which by the end of two hours, Bob, and I said, thank God, when it finally <laughs> tapped us out. Man, if I game. was... If I was the devs of Fort Solace, I'd be fucking pissed. I'm like, what do you fucking yeah. mean? Yeah. I'm wondering if, because I'm not sure exactly how this program works, if it's something the devs of Fort Solace did wrong. So here's the thing. One, the PS5 port of Fort Solace is credited to someone else, which is really weird <laughs> because it's only, as far as I know, shipping on PS5 and PC. It could also be on Xbox and no one talked about it. But so not even them... But the porting studio fucked up the integration of the game trial or Sony did. Mm. So at the end of the day, no matter who did it, it wasn't the original devs. So they're probably pissed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I don't understand why there would even need to be any input on the dev end at all. Other yeah, than it's a fucking how long egg timer. <laughs> why would they have to implement like, that? It must, it's a fucking it egg timer. Be. But you can you can fuck up weird things that like that which uh, i'll go into when i have to talk about my game because the ps because there was a fuck up with the psn thing i forgot <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, up until that stream, I just assumed it was all handled on the PS5 side and the developer didn't even need to implement it. Right. Perhaps there would be more game trials if the developer didn't have to implement it. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, but that's it. For the Friday stream. Uh-huh. That was all Friday. Yeah, God. Uh, I'm jumping ahead. I got all the endings in Armor Core 6. Yo, that's a video game. People so keep close. <laughs> people keep telling me they're like, "Yeah, the uh, songbirds on the shoulders and the double shotguns is really overrated." And I'm like, "You say that, but there are only two possibilities: this is broken, or I'm a new type <laughs> because I melted well, this game. I don't know." I, like anyone who would tell you to not have two shotguns and two songbirds <laughs> is a thief of joy. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll I'll say that. Yeah, no, like I hear people tell me this all the time, and I'm like, every time I try to swap out a part and actually make the other part work, I'm changing my playstyle. I'm doing all these other things. And I'll, I'll like change to use um a coral laser blade, and it will still be like not good enough. And I'll change it to do this or that, and it's just every time it's not as optimal. It's not this. Literally killing everyone in the arena in 25 seconds flat. The mm -hmm. shotguns are obscene. I'm not so hot on the songbirds. I like the vertical plasma missiles. For me, track really hard. But the shotguns are, the shotguns feel unfair if you're fighting another AC because it's like I shot you and now you're almost staggered. Oops, I pulled the trigger on the other one. Now you're staggered. <laughs> now all my missiles are hitting you. Now I'm unloading both shotguns in your face while you're staggered. Oh, 80 percent of your health is gone now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The twenty-five seconds wasn't exact. Was not an exaggeration. It tells you how long the battle was mm -hmm. when you win. Right. Um, I don't think yeah, there's well, a video um, game ever that double shotguns wasn't the correct choice. Right. They they, they tried to balance a call back when Call of Duty used to do akimbo. Uh, they tried <laughs> to balance it so it wouldn't win, and that pissed me off. <laughs> uh, like my my second playthrough because I'm almost done with the third. I'm I'm in chapter four on the third playthrough. Hmm. On the second one, I mostly went double laser rifles and double vertical plasma missiles. And I'm just like, I'm going to stay as far away as I can and tap in a rhythm and gently poke you to death. Mm -hmm. And that humiliated them. But then in the third one, I'm like, well, I'll just replace the laser rifles with the shotguns. I'm like, oh, my God. Things I had difficulty with just disappear. Yes. Yeah. Like there's that like there's that new new game plus and new game plus plus exclusive mission where it's like fight the two big strong ACs. And then the third one comes in. Mm -hmm. And I had kind of had trouble with that on New Game Plus. And on this one, I'm like, they they didn't even get to talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's how the whole game goes once you have that set up. The weird part is like, I feel like a lot of people discover that through just like hearing online, like, oh, the Zimmermans are busted. Use the Zimmermans. Mm -hmm. um, I found out by looking at every weapon in the shop and looking at impact and damage to figure out <laughs> what was the good counterbalance and uh i don't i don't like using double songbirds though i like having a set of missiles on my left because that keeps the stagger maintained mm -hmm. you know from a, even yeah, a that's why i like the plasma the mm -hmm. yeah the only thing that's really important about the build is having two zimmermans like everything else is just secondary right it's weight <laughs> capacity or energy consumption this is that a10 know? philosophy we're like these are not the guns that i put on my robot this is the robot i built around my double <laughs> shotguns yeah, the uh, if if you use like the tank treads, the Zimmermans get a lot better, I think, because you're you will swivel on your base Ooh, to track. That's pretty cool. Um, because you don't have to you don't have to because 
with if you, the the big thing with the tank treads is that your big shoulder weapons you don't have to stop to fire. You can continue moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which and multiple times fighting a boss with one of them with tank treads, it's like I'm just gonna like oh he t- my top the top half spun 180 degrees to track <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I do think it's important to make sure you have an FCS that is uh, oriented towards close range combat because right. if your lock on isn't mm-hmm. quite as good. I tried to uh, get arms that were like the best at a firearm specialty mm-hmm. because the handling and stuff. Um, but that had like disadvantages when it came to weight capacity and other things. So I ended up using the second best. But it was just weird. I quickly settled into that and stayed there the whole time through all three. <laughs> yeah, I think that a big problem is the way the Sager system works. It encourages mm. kidding them hard and fast like that. It, if it didn't have this mechanic, you could do something and went around just slowly wielding down their house from a distance. And it wouldn't feel as weird because you wouldn't need to blow shoot this this thing. Yeah. They can only blow and shoot if you're near them because a lot of times stuff ricochets from afar. I mean, I got I to be honest. I think this is actually a problem of energy weapons aren't strong enough yeah everything needs to be upgraded in power but i think that this sag mechanic is part of the problem mm. i i i didn't have much trouble with the double laser rifles plasma missiles like it it works mm-hmm. really well the only issue i would run into is like they don't do enough damage so i start to run out of ammo if there's a really long encounter right mm. and that's the thing like but i but i still but i was still able to kill balteus and the sea spider with the exact same build first try on my second playthrough i was like no i just shot them to death i don't know how else to describe it but yeah i didn't i didn't have anything else i wanted to talk about armor for six and i talked about the, the exact thing we we're talking about last week but i figured i'd touch on i did three full playthroughs and mm-hmm. i i did actually spend a decent amount of time trying to swap out one part at a time trying to be like mm-hmm. yeah the, the beam sabers should just tear things apart I, if you get the moon's moonlight mm-hmm. it should just win right that should be stronger than a Zimmerman, period. Yeah, there should like, be no... Resoundingly. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's just not. Yeah, and the Karasawa is... should definitely be strong enough to be up there with the Zimmerman because that's a legendary well, AC-6. Well, FromSoft is certainly weapon. no strangers to just going, fuck you, it's nerfed. Mm-hmm. People who played uh, Dark Souls 2 can attest to that where they woke up and went, where'd all my spells go? Because if you played a, a faith build, they were like, uh, this spell that used to give you 11 lightning spears, it gives you three now. <sighs> yeah, and that's not the way I want them to nerf or to adjust this. It really is like everything else needs to be brought up. Because yeah. you, you get things so much after the Zimmerman, they should be way better. Like Dan was talking about the Karasawa, how that's a legendary AC weapon. Mm-hmm. I did had to do a lot to actually get it. And then it just kind of sucks because they gave it like 50 shots, which won't get you through a mission at all basically mm. any mission mm. yeah yeah um i really enjoyed armor core 6 though um that's a, that's all i mean if anyone else I, wanted to say anything i'm good i really appreciate how many characters are just johnny young bosch seething <laughs> it's like five or six i mean yeah that's that's the vibe of armored core <laughs> God, I I really do like it's so weird to say I love the characters in this armored core, but like every character that talks is such a dipshit. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Like like Michigan just always doing his hoorah voice, like he's pretending to be a fucking drill sergeant. Yeah, Michigan's incredible. We I, if anything, we need more of him. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I think Armored Core six being about what Armored Core be about. You know, the uh, capitalism grinding us all into paste, uh, et cetera, et cetera. 
being a gun for hire. Uh, it should have an entire cast that has the resounding energy of a fast food joint. Corporate doesn't look too closely. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, like when we're out here at the ass end of space with a bunch of brain-modded weird robot jocks. Like, this is not a, a community of, of people with shit to say. Yeah. There's a guy like where... Wazoo is so pathetic. He sucks so bad. And there's so many, like, text things. They're just like, Wazoo sucked today. I'm like, that's everyday, dude. Wish you were here, you piece of shit, Iguazu. <laughs> I I cracked up pretty bad when I read that one. Um, yeah, Armor Core Six is pretty good. I like that the game was sixty dollars and good. Right, that's cool. Yeah. I sure am getting a Pavlov I... response to seventy dollars. Hey, Bob, mm. I'm gonna come back to games I played later because I want this transition point. How was the now fixed Jedi Survivor? It sure was nice having that game just run at a solid 60. It sure is a huge difference that you notice immediately when you boot it up. Mm -hmm. It is shocking. Can't I've wait. seen internet Con video comparisons. Congratulations, EA. I will now purchase your game. Yeah, now I'm really fucking excited. Uh, I'm like, oh, Black Friday can't come soon enough. <laughs> right. Apparently, the way they, they communicated it, they are like, yeah, we ripped the ray tracing out and it runs at 60. And I'm like, Maybe, vibrates maybe, like maybe thinking that technology emoji. maybe that technology is a dead end maybe anybody who tells you it, it's good or useful and to strap weird other technology onto graphics cards that don't do anything but this bad new technology that makes everything run bad maybe you shouldn't listen to them maybe in fact no game should have ray tracing ever yeah it sure does look except just armored core six it. in the garage only i'm just saying we should definitely get flight under our belts before we go for leaving orbit <laughs> and ray tracing right now feels like we made a thing we think can escape the earth's gravity yeah right now we're still killing dogs right that's how we're it still feels blowing up monkeys with rockets uh-huh it still has fsr though which still makes the game look real ugly when things get moving really quick. Right, which is a lot of that game because you you do Jedi yeah, like you like lightsaber shit. Lots, <laughs> yeah. Lightsaber stuff, you dash around like crazy, you do wall running and all yeah. that. And it's just, guys, 720p is real resolution. <laughs> Let me play at it. No. I don't care. It, no. It's going to look better than FSR no. ever will. No. False. I love artifacts. <laughs> Every PS3 game at 720p looks cleaner and better. Let me put it this way. Uh, if you offered me a box of crackers, you did not add value by sweeping dust into the box right? of crackers. Like yeah. this, is, this is not a hard... <laughs> if your video game runs at this frame rate, uh -huh. I would like all of those frames to be real. <laughs> I shouldn't have to explain that to you. <laughs> yeah. No, every... My TV can fuck up the image. It, it comes with that feature. I turned it off. If you don't give every... me an option to turn that off in your game, if they if there is a single game that ships with frame generation, uh huh, like whole frame generation, FSR three, I'm just boycotting it. I don't care what game it is because that yeah, shit that, looks no. hideous. Yeah. All these, all these, we're making up what we think your game looks like. Tech just reminds me of the William Osmond video from a couple years ago. How much sawdust can you put in a Rice Krispie treat before people notice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it literally feels like that. Yeah, <laughs> like like this. 
the, the worst part about it is it seems like it's going industry trends wise. It's a reaction to ray tracing. Yes. And that kind of shit. We're like, well, we can't get this working. So time to do an equally bullshit tech so they can prop each other up. Yeah. Now it's working. The yeah, weirder... it's, 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 it's deranged to me that we've hit the point where games can't look better. Like we don't have the, the like Moore's Law is dead. We don't have the firepower. It's unfeasible, you know, on the manpower side. It's like, well, we ha they have to keep looking better. It's the only thing we know how to market and create new fake technology to fake looking better. Right. Right. And that's the insane thing. Like, the funny thing here to me, right, is that we've enjoyed many games that have temporal AA and looked various shades of fine. For example, Spider-Man. Uh-huh. For example, God of War. But those people, those Sony studios especially, are tuning their temporal AA to look good and not have horrible ghosting artifacts and breaking up dithering all over the place. Right. Like we played Ratchet and Clank and Ripped Apart. And I don't recall anyone just being like, this looks horrible because of this. But it seems like now that AMD has handed everyone FSR 2, mm -hmm. they and just, it's not good enough. No, they just mm -hmm. turn it on, crank it up, and they don't think about what it does. Yeah, it's not a tool, it's a crutch. It's a solution to all of our modern ailments. Like our game running bad. <laughs> Sir, your your game Starfield and its CPU bottleneck, that will not help. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does Starfield use that shit? It uses FSR too, yeah. But it's like 30 frames per second and the internal resolution is high enough where from what I that bad. seen. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem Because I, I did bad. actually did play some Starfield today when it uh quote unquote released not actually we'll I'll talk about that later but i was like this, this looks pretty all right it's like looks i think this is real 4k yeah and it, it looks, isn't but it's close enough it looks pretty sharp yeah it really helps when uh the game moves at molasses speeds it does <laughs> yes actually that, that that helps fake the pixels very well right uh when you're looking out at a landscape that is mostly barren <laughs> that really helps because it doesn't have to guess where the rock moved it didn't <laughs> <laughs> um oh yeah the only thing that really broke up was water immediately i just oh, yeah. it, it, like you look at ripple water ripple effects and it's just like oh it's over because it's over. because water's high contrast when it has like highlights off of the skylight uh and it also has subtle changes and depth uh between all of that and who knows how they did the water effect there are various ways you could do it that really don't work mm -hmm. in fact i think one of one of the most interesting digital foundry videos about temporal AA i saw was when they were first covering this early on and they showed how i think it was the god of war water like the stream just would not work in fsr2 back then at all <laughs> like the water just was spectral projecting every object underneath it downstream permanently oh, yeah. because there was a motion vector mm. it was very interesting very bizarre but enough about temporal AA and whatever video game that led into that. Oh, yeah. Did you have anything else to say about Jedi Survivor, the game you bought at a much higher price and I will buy, borrow from you? I mean, I even bought it at a discounted price, so whatever. But was it discounted enough? I think so. Getting okay. that down, down to 45 bucks, I was like, okay. yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, a, that's about what I bought Harvard Core at. <laughs> um, because Walmart's weird. 
Walmart did an oopsie. That they, was clearly they that. They clearly did not mean to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad I left a bunch of side missions to do, so I will go back and do those at some point. Cool. That's but great. that's it. Um, let's see. I knocked a game off of my backlog of games I need to get done by game of the year. Gravity Circuit. Hmm. Uh, you may recall Bob and Chris both played Gravity Circuit, correct? Yes. They yes. both had a lot of comments. I do not remember those segments perfectly because I tried not to commit them to memory because I wanted to go and play the game myself, so I didn't want to know everything going into the game. Uh, I am really disappointed by Gravity Circuit. Uh, I paid $21 for it on the PlayStation Network. Uh... There are just a number of things with it that mechanically I don't enjoy engaging with. Uh, there are only a couple levels that I really thought had a neat idea going for it. Um, and completely outside of this, uh, there's a boss that is just a boss from Mighty Number no. 9. Like, you know the Blade guy from Mighty Number no. 9 and how you fight him at the end of a highway level? Yeah. And his ability is there are lines of attacks across the entire... So that guy's just there... But they're like, he's a race car or something. I mean, and I'm yeah, just like, that, that's that, that makes sense because like this game is so obviously based, like inspired directly by Mega Man Zero, who mm -hmm. was made, who, and guess what? Every single fucking boss in Mighty Number no. 9 is a shittier version of a boss somewhere in Mega Man Zero or Mega Man ZX. Yikes. Because of, <laughs> of course they are. Um, yeah, uh, I don't. Like, I don't want to sit here and punch the game too much, um, but I was really disappointed. I've been looking forward to Gravity Circuit for a while. All of the art's gorgeous. Like, stage select stuff has peak Street Fighter Alpha 3 aesthetics. Mm -hmm. uh, profile images look really smooth. I love the gestures they do when they change, like, what they're saying. Like, they put every character in a number of poses, which are very funny and cute. Um... And the character sprite work is really, really strong, and I enjoy the designs. I just didn't enjoy playing the game at all. Uh, you, you know, in Mega Man games, you do the wall kick, like X Mega Man X games. You mm -hmm. jump into the wall, and then you could jump again. Yeah, and then you jump and jump and jump and jump, and then the grub eventually comes out, and you jump and jump and jump and jump and jump. And I'm like, yes. Dan, I, sh I should have been home like two hours ago. And I'm like, no, this is important. We need all four E-tanks to be filled. <laughs> um, in this game, if you're near the top of a ledge, you will just hold on to it. Which is fine until you start designing stuff that isn't very tall. And the difference between those is kind of vague. Worth noting, unlike, uh, at very least, Bob, I did not equip Double Jump, the ability that lets you ignore the level design, until already having tried the final boss for like 20 minutes. And then I go, this will be cake if I can Double Jump. Let me leave the level, go by the Double Jump, and redo the whole level. Once you do that, it's like, there's nothing here, literally, because I'm skipping all of the level design. Like, before, it was, go under this and grab the ledge of this and jump in time to avoid this laser and then jump across the spike pit. And then it becomes double jump. Uh-huh. <laughs> which, which is also a thing that Mega Man ZX and ZX Advent do, because they give you all the forms, and some of them will just be like, here's a form where you can double jump and have an air dash. Do not engage with any of our level, unless you just want to for some bizarre reason. Um, but yeah. I was disappointed uh, that that will not be showing up on my game of the year list, apparently. What remains, thusly, is, uh, let's see, Pizza Tower, um, Pseudo Regalia. Uh, there's one more game here, and then Cyberpunk Suck and Fuck. So, 
or what was it? Was you, it? If you keep saying that, somebody's going to Google it. <laughs> in good faith, in a public library. <laughs> I'm not responsible for that. If they want to look that they up. Google cyberpunk suck and fuck, and then just a full screen image of Rebecca will appear on their screen. And, the, and the, <laughs> they do the wanted face and they just turn back towards the librarian. <laughs> anyway. Um, I was supposed to play Starfield in time for today, but I didn't. But you know who did? Hmm. My co-host. It's true. Uh, did you I play did. it? Mm -hmm. Everyone but me played it. I'm just going <laughs> to change what, what games we've been Shut. playing. Talk about it. Uh, so I'm going to say the most definitive thing you can possibly say about this game, Starfield. You don't need to read any reviews or watch any content. You just need what I'm about to say. Um, it's a Bethesda game, but in space. Have you played a Bethesda game? <laughs> it's exactly like that in every single way, except it's in space. Uh, I think it's probably better than Fallout 4 because they fixed the shit I didn't like about Fallout 4. Like, uh, your main character isn't voiced now. Mm -hmm. uh, and they included, uh, and they fixed the terrible skill system from Fallout 4. And also it seems like you can actually invest in, like, persuasion and it will do anything for you at all, unlike Fallout 4. Mm. So I put it as, right now, having played three hours, Clearly better than Fallout 4. I don't know about any of the others, though. <laughs> I think something that doesn't might not come across in the Bethesda game in space is how segmented everything feels. Like, everything's got a loading frame. Like, mm. every... There's a... Well, like, in Skyrim and stuff. Engine. Like, it feels like a huge world you're exploring. And what I played so far in Starfield, which is, like, the first two hours, it is a bunch of, like... Here's a tiny part of this planet where there's a house you go into you have to load into. Yeah, especially in the first part where you're jumping from place to place. It's 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 go to this thing, talk to this person, get back on the ship, go to this thing, talk to this person, get back on the ship. Yeah. And I don't know if that's going to ever settle down because it just feels so weirdly segmented like that. I mean, like I did um, a, a big long mission chain on Mars. Okay. Which, which was fun, but uh, it was a lot of running inside and outside. <laughs> through the loading gate to go talk to the same guy over and over the first planet yeah. sends you to where you have to like you go in a little house and then on top of the house you fight a dude mm -hmm. um i jumped off the top of the house to go kill his allies and then i guess he didn't follow me down or he despawned or something so i had to walk all the way through the house again <laughs> from the bottom oh, no. up to the top <laughs> it was weird <laughs> it was like man yeah, it yeah, see, I didn't have to fight that guy because uh, persuasion actually worked. Oh, wow. I'm like, wow. If this, this... I go I into like these Bethesda assuming none of that will work, so I just chose soldier. You had an opportunity I... to persuade him? Yeah. You can be like, dude, I've killed so many of your guys. You Like, I don't have any treasure. Leave me alone. And you can successfully persuade him being like, you're right. God, I can't believe you didn't have any treasure. Just fucking leave. I don't want to huh. see you again. I guess I didn't pick the right option to get that. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't I have think, that option, but I assumed it was because I chose a like soldier and not. Yeah, have you have to have the persuasion stuff. skill. It's a, it's a, the way they do skills in this is interesting. Where you get the skill, cost a skill point. You get a skill point every time you level up. Then you have to do a challenge, 
which uh, in like for persuasion, it successfully persuades someone three times. Not very hard. And then you can spend another talent point to make that skill better. Hmm. Yeah, so it, it, it's somewhere between just buy it and like the old Morrowind, run at a wall for 12 hours to get your athletics up. <laughs> I gotta say, the 30 frame per second, this looks really rough. It's one of the. Did you rough... turn off? Did you turn off all the shit? Every single, every single thing. Did you turn off film grain and motion blur and the other thing on top of motion blur that I forget? Because I turned all that shit off and I'm like, this is fine. <sighs> I didn't turn those off because usually motion blur helps with thirty frames per second to look smoother, and I couldn't even tell motion blur was here. It yeah, just it, looks weird. It has a really fast shutter speed. Like yeah. we're talking from a cinema angle, a photography angle. Like it is really fast. Like it's framey it's juddery yeah admittedly it's a smooth frame delivery yeah which is unexpected on console mm -hmm. it, it sure is just like man this sure is not acceptable anymore yeah in, in 2023 30 frame for that yeah. video games are outdated yeah I'm actually sorry. We, it doesn't matter what you're making it's uh, not all right we talked about it and it was at a certain point what was it we were like yeah this game came out and it wasn't 60 and that's just weird because almost every game this entire gen has been yeah and then every, there's loading screens every five minutes so it's like right. what is what is holding it oh right the bad engine. the engine yeah mm -hmm. that's, yeah the yeah. bad engine which which I, I forget if we've talked about the rumor about that engine hmm. which is that id is now in the mines trying to fix it uh, they helped out so a they ton can, can, on get, making this game run well. That's not even a rumor. They're they're uh, open about that. I'm yeah. so I'm so disgusted that we've reached this point. I was like, no, you can't make a good a cool game like Doom Eternal. You have to help on this archaic fucking engine with a tech debt they will never ever overcome. By the way, uh, it took me like ten minutes to make the character look the way I wanted to look without her hair clipping through her forehead. <sighs> That's a feature. I don't know. The second I got to the character, the audio broke in the entire game. Really? I hear the audio does that. Is, is that like an Xbox thing or does I, I was on Xbox. Okay. I just like, I haven't experienced it. And so I don't know if, it, if it's right. a console problem. Let's, or... let's talk about that. You're playing on your laptop. Yes. Uh, what, what is the I, GPU I, I have, again? I have a GTX 3060. Okay. A laptop 3060. Right. And uh, an Intel i7-12650H. Okay. Uh, you're playing on Series X and Chris, you're also on Series X, right? Yes. Okay. I just figured that would be helpful to somebody who's just curious. Right. Um, slight anecdote for me here, though. Uh, Gamers Nexus uh, did a bunch of benchmarks for Starfield just to get it in time for launch, just to show some stuff off. And, um, you know, nowadays when they do benchmarks for GPUs and stuff on games, they have average frame rate, the one percentile low frame rates, and then the 0.1% front, uh, percentile lows on frame rates to give you an idea of just how bad it can spike at random. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen divides as large as this. Oh, yeah. No, like, like I turned this game on. I just clicked high to see what I got. Mm -hmm. And I'm usually running about 45 frames a second. Right. Uh, sometimes I'll get on my spaceship and it's 12. Yeah. <laughs> For like a minute, and then the game finishes becoming itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll go inside a hallway and hit 60. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I generally don't go below 30. Yeah. Which has been, I, I was surprised and amazed. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially on a laptop. Like, right. That, that, that does seem amazing. Well, like, then I took my headphones off and realized my laptop sounded like my vanilla PS4 playing Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> 
I, I, I like I literally I have my my actual monitor set up like on a stack of books above my laptop. Mm -hmm. So I've got the game up on the monitor and my laptop has the GeForce Armory open. And I, every second I'm looking back down at the temperature of my GPU. Just to make sure. Yeah, I'm like, this is it's fine, right? Everything's cool. Please don't kill my laptop, Starfield. <laughs> I was a little disheartened uh, looking at these benchmarks enough to know that even though I have a 4090, this game will not run well. Like, it'll run okay. It'll run various shades of good. Uh-huh. But uh, it, even on a 4090, because it's a CPU end thing, it has those huge divides. So it'll be like, 1080p, no upscaling magic. It'll run average 100 frames per second, but also spike as low as 40. Which was... <sighs> that's a huge divide in that field. I've never seen that outside of this. Um... Uh, Bob, did you have any other anecdotes? You Something wanna... else that made it not feel like a Bethesda game to me. Uh -huh. When I go steal everything off a corpse, they should be in their underwear. They are not. <laughs> Why aren't I stripping people naked in space? It's true. It, it is. You, well, you still get their space suit. Yeah, you still get the space suit, but they are not in their underwear. What? Like, no, it's... What, what but then doing? what are they in? They're just, no, nothing has the changed. It's still there. Yeah. Like, they'll drop their weapon and it'll be on the ground and you can still loot it off of them. Bear corpse dropped that, that That's always been the case. Uh, one well, thing that was like, very Bethesda, uh, the the lodge where Constellation is. Uh -huh. This, this is um, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't call this a spoiler, but I'm gonna describe a pro gamer move you can do. Okay. If you go in the basement, they have this huge basement, and in one corner of it, there's a big glass case with a mannequin wearing a suit, and it's like master level key locked. But the glass case is like physically modeled. And if you look at the scene, oh my God. you can no. put your cursor right that on it is, Jesus Christ. and just yes, take the suit. We're so back. Uh, that reminds me of another thing. Apparently, Todd has finally learned, and you can no longer do the thing you could do in every previous Bethesda game, which is use the manipulate object function where you can like, oh, you're, it's the item's floating in front of me. You're tech, you're, it's like you're holding it, but you're not because there's no animation. Mm-hmm and then carry it out of view of the owner and then steal it. He, that has been changed. So now moving something you doesn't own, don't own count as theft. So now what people are doing is dropping an item of their own, holding it and using it to nudge the other item mm -hmm. out of the person's yeah, view. Like you can just because put a bucket down, count. fill a bucket with stolen shit <laughs> and move your bucket away. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. deranged something it, i find it, really funny is you have you know you get the bethesda angle on a character when you talk to them mm -hmm. for some reason now the right analytic just moves the camera yeah you can move no. it around i love it it's so weird and it just maintains even when it transitions to showing someone else mm -hmm. so it just will be abruptly cutting to yeah this other guy's face in the bottom left corner of your screen <laughs> well you've decided how you're the cinematographer here and you've decided that you want to use them in the lower right third of a third yeah it's like exclusively guys this was a bad camera to begin with why can i make it worse <laughs> well they're offering you player agency and you're complaining i don't understand what the problem is here man it was weird like i, I got a 
like four hours into this game. Like, yeah, this is, I'm comparing it to other like sci-fi games that I played recently. And then I finally just sat down and watched a guy talk for an extended period of time. And all of the face, it's the same engine. It's Bethesda. All of the facial animations, there's a lot more, you know, points of articulation, but they all still move their head the exact same way. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's it. That's the juice. Why have we not had a new one of these in this many years? So that, that's the thing that actually scares me about Starfield. It, it has that energy of we remodeled this Chuck E. Cheese to be this other animatronic show energy. We put a skin <laughs> over the robot. <laughs> And that that, that's a, that freaks me out a little bit at a conceptual level that I'm going to play the game and see the guards from Oblivion. Uh, the voice actor for them is somewhere in the game. Mm-hmm. Of course. And the guards in this uh, suck because they don't tell you where to find anything. There's an information kiosk. It's like, this is in the residential district. I'm like, I'm over encumbered and I don't know where that is. Could you please show me a map, Magic Computer? Yeah, I, I, the one universal complaint I've heard from every end of the internet is that the maps in this suck. Like, local maps, larger yeah, maps. I, it's just... You just pull up the map, and it's just, it, it, it is a dot, like, 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 like a wireframe, but it's just dots of terrain elevation. And then markers for stuff. I saw Bob pop up the pause menu and then show me how you do like a fast travel to enter orbit, like land on the planet. And as he's showing me this and he's explaining, there's no way to land outside of doing these things. I'm watching this and I'm like, I actually can see how someone came up with a pre-rendered video of this is how our menu is going to look. And it presents well in 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 an E3 conference. It presents well, like behind the scenes, getting this visual concept off the ground and then you use it to engage with the game, and I could see how that would be frustrating because it's a screen too many or something like that. You can land outside of the menu. Oh, yeah? I couldn't find any way. Yeah, all, all space travel, you can um, just... When you're in your ship, you point at the marker and hit A, and it'll bring up a, like, a little menu if you can interact with stuff. You can hail ships and stations and hit X to land. You can actually uh, warp to stuff. As long as you're in your ship, you just point at the marker, and it'll bring up the grab drive. In first person, you even get this sick-ass animation of them, like, clicking a bunch of switches and shit, and then it engages. Oh, that's cool shit. Huh, yeah, because the tutorials were all, like, bring out the menu. Yeah, and they're I, like, I do just, it from the menu. And I just, like, I warped <laughs> in, and I was like, okay, I'm, at, I'm looking at the planet. Now what? Yeah, th- this game has a serious case of we've been making this game for a billion years, and there's four ways to do everything in it. Um, yeah, I was going to say, when did, when did Fallout 4 come out? Because that was uh, 2015, is that right? 2015, 2016. So this has been about seven years, something like that. Lord. It's kind of weird to look at this game and be like, this is the three years into the console cycle game for Bethesda on the next-gen consoles. It's really weird. Because, like, once again, haven't played it, but just looking at videos of it and other things, you you can easily abstract out in your brain the version of this that ran on a PS4 or an Xbox One. Oh, yeah. Like, nothing about this feels like revolutionary like impossible yeah except it's just for like the the visual fidelity on some stuff sure but right individual models yeah yeah, yeah. but other than that it's like yeah it like it, i said it just the, feels the like super segmented a slight world. Ev- like a slight evolution of fallout 4 at least this made me fairly confident that elder scrolls 6 won't be a nightmare because i was really scared after like it's hard to overstate how much fallout 4 sucks <laughs> like <laughs> i yeah i I'd be excited like, to play another game from them that wasn't a shooter because, oh, God. 
Yeah, I do it, not want to play shooter feels, made by these people. <laughs> the shooting feels almost exactly the same as Fallout 4 to me. But I'm I'm glad they've given up this bizarre. Like I'm glad that they got over the Bioware brain disease that they caught for Fallout 4. Where it's like, no, you have to be voiced. We have to. You have to see your character in these conversations. We have to have a really big focus on these party members that aren't particularly interesting. Mm. Um. I'm like, that's that's not what I want out of this game. So thank God Starfield seems to be pulling away from that, at least in a lot of ways. They they were like, oh, oh God, we put too much sawdust in the RPG. We have to take some of the sawdust out. People noticed with Fallout 4. I know that I am uh, doomed, no matter how this game turns out uh, farther down the line, because I am a giant sucker for the post NASA aesthetic they're going with and the like fifties golden age sci-fi, the best version of humanity going out to space thing. It's yeah. how destiny put its dirty hooks into my brain yeah. and never <laughs> let go. And I'm, just, I'm like, I'm wandering around the constellation lodge. Like this game could be terrible and I'd never know it. <laughs> I have a disease. <laughs> I, they gave me a shotgun. I bought my first shotgun. And it's like, like it's a coach gun. It's a big shotgun, except both of the barrels, like all the guns in this game are made out of like scientific lab equipment material or polished hardwood. So it's two big square barrels with like block lettering engraved on them, a vertical pistol grip and a beautifully shaped shiny wooden stock. Yes. And an ACOG on top. <laughs> like... This this aesthetic is amazing, and I can't wait to kill random people in space with this gun, <laughs> which is really like that's the goal. You want the player to pick up a thing and go, "I can't wait to kill random people in space." Yeah, that's this. what that's what all video games about, or, uh, even VR chat. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just true. Mm -hmm. uh, Bob, did you have anything else you want to talk about? No, uh, Chris. Uh, no, not really. Agro. Real quick, this is my favorite encumbrance mechanic I've I've seen in a video game. Okay. Because rather than, whoops, one ounce over, you can't move, or you're going very slowly. You can still move exactly as well as you want, but you run out of oxygen really fast. And when you run out of oxygen, you start building up CO2 oh. and taking damage. That's really interesting. So if I want to have 80 spacesuits on me and ignore my problems until they irrevocably damage my health... Just like real life, I can do that. <laughs> I, I'm curious. Do the different planets have different amounts of gravity? Yes. Okay. It's great. Okay. You, like you keep having to go up and down a staircase for this one quest on Mars, and I realized, oh wait, I can just double jump back up this thing. Yeah, it's fantastic. I I, I was curious because I've seen a lot of people being like pump the brakes on the excitement of like a No Man's Sky or something else like that. This the 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 planets aren't that uh weird and different in a specific way so i'm glad gravity's there because my brain just went okay so that's probably mm -hmm. on the planets with low gravity it's like you've got this much oxygen and that's how long you can sprint but your oxygen refills while you're jumping and you don't lose any momentum yeah so you can just awesome leap across the landscape that's really good that's actually um a, a trait you can take at character creation there's a religion uh because because you get to pick three character traits, and uh, uh -huh. some of them are 
you're you're attached to this faction you can't pick any of the other traits attached to other factions and you get this benefit one of them is you worship the great space serpent uh and it basically is you have to be jumping all the time always be jumping you get bonuses if you're constantly jumping and you lose health and durability if you ever stop jumping jump at all times that's insane that's physical jumping yeah like when i read it i assumed it was like spaceship jumping it was a weird like outer space gravity warp cult thing not not just hopping around that's amazing i, I assume that's i didn't pick it i assume that's what it is like because it's like you get more oxygen and health if you're con if you're if you jump and you lose it if you haven't jumped in a while okay chad is saying it's grab jumping oh that's not as fun come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is deranged. I was hoping I was hoping they'd put in something as funny as a weird cult about leaping. <laughs> right? Like, right? like, oh no, here they come, and you look over and they're right? just Chinese vampire hopping toward you. Because <laughs> there are because there is low gravity, so why wouldn't you always be jumping? That's just fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad mechanically it's implemented in a way where it is incentivized mm -hmm. because that does just make sense. Um the mod support on this side of the gate has been insane. Like they're just hitting the ground running. There. Oh, on, 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 yeah, like on the fucking list of oh, we learned from Fallout Four because with Fallout Four it was like three or four months after mm -hmm. launch, and I was like, guys, come on, there's so many fucking weird bugs that the people would already have fixed if you had mod support. Mm -hmm. And already with Starfield, there have been weird bugs that people have fixed with mod support. Mm. Yeah, we already have people overhauling the UI to fix it. <laughs> uh, and a bunch of other things. But like, like there's a mod to increase your carrying capacity, but if you put on mods, it disables achievements. Unless you download this mod that turns achievements back on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the dream. I, I, I did download one to uh, make it show me PlayStation buttons. And it did not work. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to be like, I'm surprised it doesn't, but no, you shouldn't be. They're owned by Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, anything else, gentlemen? Nope. No? Okay. No. Um, I, uh, I beat Ring Fit. Wow. Th that was almost four years overdue. <laughs> um, I made a whole Twitter post about it, but uh, yeah, it was a really emotional moment, and uh, I lost 30 pounds doing it, so that's that's really cool. And then, uh, as you all know, when you beat Ring Fit, you get a Volvi shirt, so that's why I've got the... Yep, that's yeah, how that works. That's how that works. If only people beat Ring Fit sooner, we could have had Volvi in our lives sooner, <laughs> but it turns out no one beat Volvi until this year, or beat uh, Ring Fit until this year. It's, it's very sad. Um, that game's really good. I didn't realize... Uh, a dreadful thing. New Game Plus and New Game Plus Plus in that game are canonical. There is story. Ah. <laughs> yes. I'm like... Oh, a true oh. RPG. <laughs> yes. The credits once? No, no. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, do I'm doing... I'm doing New Game Plus on that, and I went back and played... I guess I should change... Since this maybe I don't, I don't know Dan played stupid stuff there done um I played that Lace Mills body combat VR thing where it's boxing in VR and if you recall I tried to play that like three months ago and I could do it for like a little bit 
But it's like, do all these hooks and straights and jabs and crosses and then, and then squat. Fuck you, squat for 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the middle of all the rest of that back then, I couldn't. <laughs> it, was, it was too much. But at, at the tail end of Ring Fit Adventure, I'm able to do that. And hot damn, is that a more intense workout than Ring Fit? By a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was awesome. So I don't know if I'm going to stick with that, but I really enjoyed uh, my session today. Um, there was another VR game I was hoping to check out in time for the podcast today, uh, Toss, but unfortunately it came out at noon. So I'm like, <laughs> I get to sleep three hours today, guys. Um, no. So maybe <laughs> maybe next week uh, for people who are interested, though. It came out on multiple different platforms as far as I know. It's basically a platformer where you're a monkey and all of the platforming is done by grabbing jungle bars and stuff and tossing yourself down the road so mm-hmm. imagine a platformer but you got to throw yourself and collect the things yeah it's just one of those things where i'm watching the trailer going man i wish that vr game trailers weren't insufficient to communicate the game uh-huh. <laughs> like if that game feels as good as it kind of looks that's going to be amazing basically every vr trailer is the equivalent of getting pitched in a meeting they just go, here's our idea for the game. And you got to hear these nouns and verbs and things and work out in your brain whether or not you think that'll be a cool thing. Except for the game already exists, <laughs> but if they show it to you, it kind of looks like shit. That's every VR game. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping to check that out in time for next week and also get another thing under my belt like Pizza Tower and stuff. But uh, I, don't know, that's, that's, I think that's it for for me this week bob did you play anything else uh i don't think so agra did you uh nothing we haven't already talked about uh chris did you did you play any dinosaur games i i played a bunch of stuff we'll talk about stuff other than the dinosaur game first (laughs) uh i put more i I think i'm done with sea of stars i'd not finished but i am done ah um I got to the point, which I'm pretty sure is the halfway point, because it took me about 15 hours, and it feels like it's the halfway point of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing got real dumb real fast. Mm. And I'm not really going to say specifics, but it's never great when a character, when one of your party members yell, why are you doing this? It doesn't make sense with the goal you've stated. And then that character yells, shut up. Hmm. Like that that doesn't feel great. Um I just really wasn't digging the combat. Like you get like I started getting new moves, but they come from story progression, not leveling. Mm-hmm. So they're so once again it's like, no, you will have exactly what we want you to have at every moment of this game. You will not be any stronger or weaker than exactly as strong or weak as we want you to be. Yeah. yeah. That's what um, I love about RPGs. It also just got like annoyingly difficult where like I'm getting mulched in every other random encounter. Hmm. Cause it's cause if, 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 a, if an encounter has four enemies, that's, that's more difficult than any boss fight. You better dump on them. Weird. Cause, cause, the, cause it just, cause the way it works is it, it's round based. The enemies have like a clock above their head saying how many actions until I do a move. So it'll be like one, two, or three to go with your characters. You can have your characters act in any order. You tap left, right to switch between them. Between them, you do your move. And then if a character, if an enemy's timer is down, they'll do their move. 
that gets really oppressive when enemies start casting their fuck you spells that need eight attacks to break mm -hmm. or eight damage types to break. Um, where it'll be like moon, moon, blunt, blade, sun, blunt, blade, poison. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. Like, like this is a lesson you learn when you're building encounters for tabletop. Uh-huh. It, it, it doesn't matter what the monsters can do if there are enough of them. The action economy will fuck you. <laughs> yes, the action... And, it, and, and they start introducing enemies that exist, like, outside the action economy. Where normally how it works with, like, the, the, for the first, like, ten hours of the game, an enemy procs their turn, and then they can't do anything else until the next round. But then they start introducing enemies where it's like, no, I have like a fast forward icon on my clock. So I'm always going. Mm. So I do my action and immediately another, th another counter pops up on me. So I'll be going more times than once per round, like mm. on a macro level. Mm -hmm. Like it's not very often they'll be going twice per round, but sometimes they will. Meanwhile, bosses are just a joke. Like mm -hmm. I haven't felt... I haven't felt pressured by any of the bosses so far at all, but I, but I've game over like 12 times from random encounters. That's such they a just, weird balance. They, they just tear me to shreds. And again, you can carry 10 healing items. Um, they have like uh, kind of like the, the make the game easier accessories in final fantasy 16. They have the, like the relic menu where you can swap on and off these things and the one that you start with and the others you have to buy in, in, in a store for very little money most of them because they're accessibility features basically but the one you start with is uh you have twice as much health and uh completely heal after each battle and that feels almost like what the game's balanced for right mm. yeah just hearing another you talk thing about is, it it seemed that another way. thing is w once i got into this dungeon that was like the midpoint of the game i feel like enemies started doing like 60 percent of my health with each attack like where where if you if you like that's why I got so many game overs because reviving people isn't really viable with items and they they come back themselves after a couple rounds but if all the enemies just decide I'm gonna attack this one party member they're dead and there's not a whole lot you can do about it mm. and if one and if a party member dies you're suddenly on the losing end of the action economy hard. So it just started to feel really RNG based and like it almost started to feel like I was playing some kind of weird card game. Was Goku like, in it? <laughs> um apparently this game has already been successful. Like they they've they've tweeted that oh we've already sold as many as we expected to sell for the whole year. Mm -hmm. I'm glad cool. for that. I really thought it's timing of when it released and being on the subscription services would mulch it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy it's successful because rising tide shift lifts all ships mm -hmm. and we're going to get, and I'm sure we'll get some project that wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten greenlit or wouldn't have been gone for without this will now be gone for, but man, it, it doesn't give me any of the brain juice that I, I want out of an RPG. Mm -hmm. because to, to be perfectly honest if i'm playing a turn-based rpg i don't want to feel constantly pressured in yeah. what way like in in the way it's like i better be operating at peak performance at all times or these and because it has timed hits also mm -hmm. 
or else I'm just going to get torn to shreds in every encounter. Mm. And, and you have, I have to carefully think out what, who's going to hit who in what order. And it just, yeah, it just, it like, just isn't a lot of fun for me. This really sounds like to, to make the comparison one more time, uh, something that comes up a lot in modern TTRPGs is that people come to these games for wildly different reasons and they like different aspects about the games. And this, mm -hmm. this really just sounds like it was designed by people who also like JRPGs, but a whole slate of different aspects of JRPGs from Chris. Mm -hmm. With like, this is the same thing, but completely inverted. <laughs> yeah, so I'm done with it. Maybe I'll feel some compulsion to go back. Like, I, I even watched some videos of it. Like, okay, are they about to give me a bunch of new combat mechanics? Like, that would seem insane this deep in the game. Right. But... But but we the big narrative thing happened. If they were gonna give me some new toy, it feels like it would be now. And apparently they don't. So like I'm I'm done. Bob, yeah, what's you up? were interested in this. Did you buy it? Not yet, but I, okay. I intended to. Okay. Are is that like what's next for you after having tried Starfield, or is there some other e game that's jumping ahead? I think so, because okay. I don't think anything else is really like coming up. For a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, we have... Not too long. Yeah, it was like, it's after September, it's over. Oh my God. I mean, late September, I'm screwed because of VR. Like, right. Paper Beast comes out in less than three weeks. I'm already in the there hole. Was... I'm trying to rush Starfield as fast as possible to get to Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I was yeah. surprised oh, you started right. playing Starfield instead of Baldur's Gate. Two days ago, I'm sitting at home going, man, I can't fucking wait. The, like, the extra wait time for console has been murder. I can't wait to play Baldur's Gate. When does Starfield come out again? Fuck! It's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, you know, because they, they, they delayed it till then, because obviously you have a PS5, you don't have an Xbox. Uh -huh. Why would you play both? Wait, PS5 people have PCs? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? There was, there was something at the end of, yeah, half, like near the end of the month, we get that we have that Sonic DLC that's free, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Mortal Kombat 1 comes out, which I'm not going to get, but some people would. I'm still torn on whether or not to get it. It's $70, and the Pavlov yeah, response is telling me not Pavlov to. Response. Right. It seems like then, a Black Friday game. <laughs> and, and then once October starts, it's like, Disgaea 7's out at the start of the month. Yeah, Two so, days later, Assassin's Creed Mirage. If you like that, I, I fucking aren't. But, yeah, uh, Silent Hope also comes out at the beginning of October. Oh, my God. I shot them an email. I'm like, dude, please help me not let you get buried. Please. Uh, yeah, what does? Silent Hope. That's the uh, people who make the Harvest Moon games making that RPG where uh, the, the queen or princess or whatever was sealed in crystal oh, and everyone's yeah. voices are yeah, gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that existed entirely. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, if it like, launches uh, on top of this guy, I'm sorry. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah. No! Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's October, uh, October is, is a bloodbath. <laughs> then November is, right from the start, Star Ocean. Mario RPG. Like a dragon. Mario RPG is thankfully in the middle of the month. Oh, okay. Yeah, Spider-Man 2 is um, October, right? Yeah, October, October 20th. Well, yeah. October 20th. Great. Yeah, it's just bleed. 
Awesome. Yeah. Swell. It feels like none of these are like small games did, either. Didn't did, I swear the other day I told you some games coming out December third, and I said because fuck me, I guess isn't it that Dragon Quest monster yeah, game? Yeah, I think it is that. <laughs> yeah, Bastards. luckily, luckily I can wait for that until it's on PC. Because I think they already leaked. Like, yeah, we're putting it on PC at some point. I thought it was launching on Switch and PC. Maybe it's just Switch. Maybe it is launching. If it's launching on PC, it'll just have to wait. Luckily, knowing how the internet is, I don't need to remember the subtitle is The Dark Prince. I can just Google uh, Dragon Quest but, Monsters. But now, but but I played a game that came out last week. Oh, yeah? I played through the whole thing on stream. Oh, yeah? A, ga- a, a game <laughs> so, that has was a, that was uh, first showcased at the 2020 Future of PlayStation. The Future of Gaming. Future of Gaming PlayStation event. Which is goodbye, Volcano High. All right. You know what the absolute last thing I expected to be in this visual novel esque game was? Hmm. A budget dimension. How? So, um, for roughly three hours of this game's six and a half hour runtime. Your characters are playing Dungeons and Dragons. What? This is a budget dimension because um, it is. it turns into a visual novel where you have character sprites and a background, unlike the fully 3D, like, cartoon-esque visuals of the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. None of these segments tie into that story at all. In fact, one of them is really strange because two characters are supposed to be like in a rough patch with their relationship and they're still there and acting normal and three none of it's voice acted oh the full the game is fully voice acted but during those segments only the dm is voice acted everybody else is animal crossing gibberish Mm, that's bizarre it it legitimately feels like we don't because because if you don't know the the original writer of this game was fired over because reset era told them to pretty much because they wrote a really cringe kotaku article about anime porn and reset era went rabble 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 get rid of them and they're gutless so they did and then they had to completely fucking change the story and the game was delayed for three years um but it, it really feels like this game is three and a half hours long we can't do that you totally different people make an entirely different thing we can insert in because it it doesn't even address the stuff going in the sto- around it in the story like it legitimately feels like it was made and written by entirely different people wow it's bizarre uh this game is unbelievably broken Trophies don't pop. None of them. <laughs> None of them? Like, there, there's like a very tiny chance a trophy will pop if it's supposed to. You can go look at the, uh, this, like, the PlayStation trophy, att- like, rates, and it'll mm. be like, completed, completed chapter two, 4% of players have this achievement. Completed chapter three, 8% of players have this achievement. Oh. Yeah, that's a little broken. One, one achievement popped for me. One trophy popped for me. None of the others did. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the game will just have weird visual glitches when it cuts. Um, and there, there's times where, like, audio lines will just turn off, light switch off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I guys, why'd you ship now? You're on top of AC6 and Starfield, and you're broken. You're, it's broken. All these problems I just mentioned are on every platform, even PC. Why'd you ship? Yeah, no, no, no. that sounds like a salvage it, ship it, whatever you got. Yeah, uh, it's funny because you, you were saying the game without the D&D stuff would be probably three and a half hours. Is that right? At, yeah, at most four. Like, it's so, so much of the game. So it would have been the size of Fort Solace, right? But a much more impressive affair as it offers any distinct elements. Yeah, they, 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 it's definitely like, a lot more the, unique. The, this is like... It's this. Uh huh. <laughs> it is like a visual novel, but it is really presented like a cartoon. Like yeah. there's the, the characters are 3D. They're walking around. They're taking actions. It doesn't look bizarre and stilted, except sometimes. Um, I I don't see what the point of this was, other than we can't be four hours long and charge thirty dollars for this game. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and while the first Dungeons and Dragons session was moderately interesting because you got to see what everybody's character designs were, mm-hmm. uh, they they were interacting in different ways. The last two were really bad, like to the point where I I started speed reading their dialogue because it wasn't voiced. Like I, right. the dialogue would pop up. I'd read it as fast as possible in a strong bad voice, and then mash the button to move to the next piece of dialogue. Because again, it's dis, it's disconnected from the narrative, so it can't matter at all. That's so insane. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it feels like it was stapled in later. Um. Okay, I have some questions. Sure. Uh, does this game have branching paths, multiple endings? No. It is completely linear. Okay. Do you have even different dialogue choices that don't necessarily lead different ways? You have dialogue choices which affect like your invisible social score with each character. And I think that determines who you can do the final bonding scenes with at the end of the game. Me knocking it out of the park. I'm so glad I get to share this moment with you, everybody I know, <laughs> simultaneously. It's it's not like a romance thing, although there is like there there's one character that that there's there's a love interest. Okay. Um, but like, and another thing on the cheap level is if you progress your like social score with a character enough, you unlock a flashback related to them. That's a motion comic, an unvoiced motion comic. All right. Remember the uh, uh, Bob might remember this. Remember the skits and tales of Arise? Yeah. The weird, the weird motion comic skits. Yeah, but those are voice. Uh, yeah, well, that's that wasn't, but not voice. <laughs> this game sounds very much like a game that ran out of money. Mm-hmm. It it sounds like a game where they fired somebody and then that person went, "Um, I own the shit I wrote. You're not putting that in the game." Uh, speaking of that. In the in the in the credits, the writer is 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 uh, credited as script revisionist. 
Hmm. Which says to me this game had some fucking problems behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. I mean, throwing out your main writer is going to lead to something. Um, uh, I'd be curious, though, when it comes to video games, do we even have, like, a writer's anything to mandate, like, oh, this person needs to be referred to as this title? And, you know, because no, in Hollywood, they have, have a lot of that shit. shit. like that. Yeah, probably Right, not. so that makes that specific term an interesting choice. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, some clarification, even though I would love the engagement in the comments section. People are saying it was not because of anime stuff, an article. It was because of Harry Potter porn. That is. Yeah, they were, okay, they were writing about Harry Potter porn. Okay. Okay, you stand by your fucking people. Like, if you, if you search goodbye Volcano High Rider, like one of the top five Google results, is the Reset Era yelling about them, thread yelling about them. Like, there was a very clear linear sequence of events with this. Right. Like, you don't fucking backstab your people under any circumstances. You're just gutless. Hmm. Especially if you're trying to write like a queer positive game because spoilers and I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring this up now because I see it happen a lot and I'm sick of it. Y'all need to learn to behave. Um, a very common thing that'll happen is like, I'm a queer person who's writing this thing or making this thing or they're creating something. Mm -hmm. And then the homophobes will search everything they've ever said and done in their entire life to try and find anything they can try and frame in a disingenuous light to get them in trouble. And some people can't fucking realize when, like, I hate women 1488 is telling you about the sordid past of this creator. You have to just not care. Like, just stop caring. Hmm. You need to be aware where that shit's coming from. And I'm sick of seeing it happen to all these people. Get your shit together. Uh, I don't know who this game's for. Like, um, it's T-rated, which means it can't have any teeth. It's like the main character, they're upper middle class, their parents are always traveling for work, and they, and they play like folk rock. But they don't have like three bongs in view at all times. <laughs> like they don't, like they mention weed once. And when the world's about to end and they're all, they're all like depressed, they drink some beers. Well, yeah. It's their first like, time drinking, right? They're supposed to be high school seniors. Now, like, I haven't on. played the game. Do they all come off as uh, people who would make sense that it's their first time drinking? No. Okay. Like... One of them is framed as like a dirt bag. And it's like it, you, you could easily read him having been written as a drug dealer because at least a weed dealer, because he's constantly doing deliveries in his van. <laughs> and he's always wearing like a, a sleeveless shirt. Um, it's. Apparently, the creators were like in high school in 2012 and remembered. And it's it's about you know oh the world's gonna end in 2012 thing. Uh, it was about like I guess it's about like how they felt at that time. It doesn't really sell it very well because it's so disjointed and broken because of the issues with the writer. Um, 
like time passes and you don't have any you like you don't it doesn't feel like time passed like months pass and you barely get any indication sometime later uh the game's really just about this one thing like this one band contest nobody <laughs> else really has anything else going on except like the main character <laughs> fang everybody like exists in like orbit of them <laughs> it's like is this something by kyle bosman <laughs> Yeah, the Battle of the Bands is coming up. They gotta get ready. That's almost adorable that it is fixated on that. That is the hook. That is the anchor of the entire story. It 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 really makes the main character come off as unbelievably self-absorbed. A teenager? Because, unbelievably because, self-absorbed? But, no way. But that doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like the thrust. Like it doesn't feel like that's the point. Cause later on when one of the characters is like, I have like I have to do these projects so I can get into a college for my uh, aggro. What's the study of bugs? And <clears throat> entomology. I have to get into an entomology program, so I have to do all these uh, projects, and I also have to babysit my younger sibling and do all these other things. I can't spend all my time practicing because you have a dream of running this band. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, she's right. Yep. But it's framed as like they're despicable. And and like you can see it brewing all throughout the game and the main character never notices and, and it just makes them come off like an asshole. That's the game you played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um Yeah, none of the writing worked for me. There's one character who's very obviously like my parents are really strict and religious, and she works. Largely because Allegra Clark delivers a really great voice performance. As always. Uh, she also is the only character that I feel like has a properly wholesome snoot. Every other character's <laughs> snoot is uh, lacking, in my opinion. I thought you were going to say sinful and evil. <laughs> like, what was it, dark it, it snoot. gives me these feelings I don't understand. <laughs> um... A lot of the game is a really bad rhythm mini game that at one point wants me to uh, wanted me to press the left stick up and down at the same time. I, I didn't I'm expect any oh, like simultaneously. Yeah. What? How does? Yeah. What? Because they because they, they made the worst rhythm mini game ever worse than any Genshin Impact one, worse than the Persona Persona oh. ones. Oh. Uh, luckily, I don't think actually doing succeeding and failing at the matters at all because it's a linear thing. <sighs> Uh, also, at no point do they ever put the lyrics up on screen, which you think you would want because they did make original songs. You'd think you'd want people to know the lyrics of your original song, but I guess not. Um, the entire I... worst... The single worst thing in this game is that you can go into the pause menu and get on Twitter. Fake dinosaur Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the worst, unfunniest versions of every already bad and unfunny Twitter post you see. Imagine 800 variants of having a normal one. That's what the well, that's what the in-game dinosaur Twitter is. They couldn't even, and that that has to also be something they added later because they couldn't even make icons for most of them. So everybody's just the default Twitter icon, but it's vaguely dinosaur shaped. So you enjoyed your time with this game? <laughs> no, oh. no. I tried. I tried to like this game. I gave this game unbelievable amounts of rope. 
but man, it really is for nobody. Like it, it feels like, okay, we're going to write a teenager thing, but in like the most heckin wholesome, small bean ash way possible. Like it feels like a, a cartoon stereotype of itself. Mm-hmm. Like, Life is Strange had more relatable writing than this game. And I don't even like Life is Strange. And, and then here, spoilers for the ending of Good Ball, Goodbye Volcano. Oh my God. Hi, spoilers, spoilers for the ending of this game. Um, you, uh, so you win the Battle of the Bands and you get to have a show at the con. You're going to get to play at the big show, but then the big show gets canceled because of the apocalypse. And then you're like, well, we're going to we're going to have our own show at the apocalypse. And it, it's still framed like the apocalypse might not happen, like the meteor might just pass by. Uh, and then you do the big show and then uh, and then at the end of the big show, it hard cuts to black. And that's the end of the game. You get like no closure on anything. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Like I said, I, I I don't even think teenagers would like this. <laughs> what What is weird is it's rated T, but they start dropping the F-bombs a lot in the back half. I feel like nobody played it at the ratings board. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely possible. I, I'm glad this game is exactly what you imagined when you saw the trailer three years ago and literally it, nothing it, more. It's like a cardboard standee of the thing and nothing's behind it. So you just nod half, it down. Half a, half a cardboard standee. They made half the cardboard standee because the other half is the budget dimension they made, which I, by the way, have already put on Big Think Dimensions Game of the Year 2023 Best Budget Dimension. Uh, we, we sure have list. some uh, competition going there. Right. I'm not even sure all the entries have been inserted into the document, but Jesus. Well, so that, that, that's everything I played. Don't play. Uh, don't play Goodbye Volcano High. Okay. Well, thank you for the PSA, and uh, thank me for this amazing transition to the the podboards. What? Yeah. What? Yep. Uh, um, uh, 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 <laughs> it oh. double pressed it. That's right. The Podlords! Oh, fuck. Podlords such as BN12, E. Lee Broyles, Bountiful blessings to you all! I wish I was dead. God, why every week? Red Blaze 27, Suzu Shiro. Rado. One or one shades of wonderful remastered. 
WTF, Spider-Man. Mr. I Like Spam. The Virgin X-Men Origins Wolverine CGI versus the Chad One Piece live action prop. I'm gonna zoom in because this is hot lord. We're gonna talk about brightness level. <laughs> no, the facts shine through. <laughs> they you, really everyone. don't. <laughs> DFW 3K. When the bullet hell gyroscope gets a lock. I heard why, why are they in why are they in Fallout New Vegas? I don't know. <laughs> I heard gun tanks are all the rage these days. Am I doing it right? Am I playing <laughs> Armored Core 6 right? I mean it's not wrong. <laughs> Kristen. Buggy unfinished juice of frost. Kyle Bjork. BG3 whack, AC6 whack, Todd Field is tight as fuck, Todd Sweet, Todd Sweet, Todd Sweet. <laughs> Monster Hunter Ryzen and Raiden. When the adaptation is surprisingly acceptable. <laughs> Cooper Tank. Where's the kaboom? There's supposed to be a Serate shattering kaboom. <laughs> Thank you, Podler. Ochi's face when I tell him to swallow an entire goddamn watermelon. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Indigo Sykes. Drive typecast. When he discovers Bloodstain Classic Mode 2. <laughs> Calling my shot Metroid Prime 4 next week I believe This is how you do it <laughs> Right <laughs> Jesus. Hey if you're wrong everyone sure. forgets If you're right you're a goddamn legend <laughs> Yeah that, that's pretty much The philosophy of this entire show We get to pick <laughs> what we keep bringing What we bring up <laughs> Monkey D Raccoon oh. <laughs> He's adorable <laughs> Shinji 16 wants to remind you Demon's Tilt sequel, Zeno Tilt, and a medieval's prequel, The Black Labyrinth, are out and amazing. Oh, I don't know about the medieval thing. I didn't know that. I, I, I knew about Zeno Tilt. I need to play that. I need to play that. The Super Mim. The Hard M is very normal and can be trusted with giving people $50. No! Oh. No! <laughs> That's a lot. It's all at once, too. You ever just show people your rap sheet for fun? <laughs> Sarlene. Timothy Fister has finished Umineko. It lived up to the reputation insane people have given it. Parentheses, I am now also insane people. That's how I yeah, understand that, that works. <sighs> yeah, I can never go down there. I, I don't want to change. Bearded Joe. Pleochrome. Krunglespum. As of this month, Grand Blue finally added two canonical lesbian couples in the main cast. Let's go! I think it's really fun and funny that one of the members of one was a uh, generic NPC who got promoted. Sapphic <laughs> <laughs> love raising people up. Gentlemen, behold! Gary Abusey! No! no. Still Come wish on. I was dead. <laughs> you didn't 
You didn't have to spend a year with the macro. <laughs> now that Dan has caught up on One Piece live action, he now needs to read the first 96 chapters of the manga to compare it. Eh, that's not that much. Arc Seaside. Noodle. Wait, let's soak and cook. Also, I decided that I'm finally going to drink bleach. Dog. Look at him. Dog, 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 dog. Wig, wig, wig. Wig dog. He's the one, he's the king, but about everything. Void. There are over two hours. There we go. There are over two hours of voiced insults for the cantrip vicious mockery in Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, that <laughs> is really exquisite. Funny. <laughs> and evil saver, but she's Santa. No, literally, she is Santa. <laughs> Fuck. Thank you very much to our Podlord. Thank you, Podlord. Thank, Thank you, Podlord. Pod Thank you, Podlord. And if you'd like to become a Podlord, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gbpodcast. For as little as $5 a month, you get access to many benefits, such as early access to uh, Chugging Bleach and Pokemon Go to the Movies, our two monthly anime review podcasts. You also get extended sh content for shows and cut content for shows when indeed such things exist to be given to you. Um, you also get every other month a show where you get to vote on what good thing we have to watch and then discuss in a roundtable format. And on opposite sets of months, you get to vote on what a uh, bad thing we have to watch and then produce a commentary track for. And the bad thing will, the show of us discussing the bad thing will be publicly released, but the uh, commentary track will not. That's Patreon exclusive. And uh, by my count, there's somewhere like 80. There's more and more at this point. There's so many. There's a lot of, there's a lot of commentary tracks for things you never want to watch, like X-Men Origins Wolverine, which came out this week of the show. You can get the, you can get the, uh, commentary track and hear us go oh my god why do his claws look like that in real time <laughs> that is a really go, fun watch honestly or go oh my god why is the movie doing this in the last 20 minutes why is it doing this why is it doing any of these things uh and if you don't have any money it always helps immensely to uh tell your friends spread the word the internet's infinitely dense rate us on thursdays rate us on your podcast after choice and like this video on YouTube right now and maybe leave a comment because YouTube likes that. It makes you make the YouTube monster happy. That's patreon.com slash GV podcast. Also, uh, uh, I, I recently discovered there is, and this hasn't always been a feature, a collection feature on Patreon. So now you can easily find all of our isolation 119 content, including the movie and our multiple commentary tracks. Great. Possibly soon to be more than just two commentary <laughs> tracks. It's true. More people keep falling down this hole. <laughs> That's patreon.com slash GB podcasts. Uh, we got some news. My God. Is that the switch too? In your kitchen. <laughs> Can I see it? Can I see it? <laughs> no. Uh, Switch 2 tech demo shown off the devs at Gamescom. We've now had this corroborated by multiple news outlets. Uh, apparently, one of the tech demos is Breath of the Wild running at a higher resolution, a higher frame rate than the original game shipped at. It's funny that the Breath of the Wild did not tears, but... That's way easier to port. Yeah, it is. Mm. 
The other one is the Matrix Awakens demo, which people who saw Ooh. it described as looks like the PS5 version, which I will describe as fucking impossible. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, which which says to me is uh they they, they don't see it as they don't, they don't see it as well. Yeah, I don't fucking that shit barely was performance on the PS5. The, right. That maybe the D, maybe the DLSS shit the Switch 2 has built in is real badass. I mean, it's got to be real badass compared to basically every solution on every other platform, which is why everyone but Nintendo, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> Run. Uh, I, there, there was that leak, you know, leak, quote, 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 salt, 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 uh -huh. um, of Final Fantasy VII Remake running on and people being like, yeah, it basically looked like Intergrade. Yeah, it, that actually doesn't surprise me. The, the Matrix thing is fucking impossible, but saying like, we got Final Fantasy VII Remake running at 60 frames per second on the Switch 2. I could buy. We got it right. running at 4K, but 30 frames per second on the PS on the Switch 2. I could also buy. These are things that are possible. The yeah, LSS that, can earn you some performance. <laughs> the Matrix thing don't run well on anything. Though. Right? No. <laughs> Hell no, it doesn't. Um, but you know, saying that like you got the Matrix Awakens demo running on the Switch 2 and it looked amazing, I don't doubt that for a second. Mm -hmm. don't doubt that for a second that that seems possible that seems like something epic would want to get working to show off the power of this new platform uh this is all exciting and good news i would uh really love to see it <laughs> but sure it'd be cool january no i meant you should buy a switch too t-o-o i already have a switch that doesn't make sense <laughs> uh, it's an albany expression <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they are working on an animated Stray film over Annapurna Animation. As in Stray, the the game about a cat mm -hmm. that was cool as hell as an animated film. That sounds great. That thing would adapt well to being a film. Mm -hmm. That game was really cool. I hope they make another. Because... It expands out near the end, and I'm very curious. Yeah, I wonder if they'll do that or do something else. I'm okay with, with either. Yeah. Just like I'm okay with the people who made, uh, what was it, Kenna doing a sequel or something else. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, Gotta call up Mamoru Oshii and get him working on that <laughs> project. Add in a basset hound best friend, and we're golden. It was weird oh when God. the cat was trapped in a room with a mannequin for 15 minutes having a conversation about consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I thought that was my favorite moment in a game this year. <laughs> <laughs> Just 15 minutes of the cat scratching at the door. While the, <laughs> the robot keeps monologuing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Reed Pop and the ESA are parting ways over E3. Sources it's say over. they're looking for a dried out lake bend to run 2024's E3, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, keep, I keep seeing articles about E3 pop up like, oh man, E3 has a troubled future. I'm like, it died. It died yeah. two years ago. Stop doing this. It's kind of troubled now. <laughs> I mean, it's that shit's been troubled since like 2008, right? There's 15 years of this shit. Anyway, I'm very <laughs> excited to see what nightmare they concoct on a dry lake bed. <laughs> I like seeing every time that anything comes out in East Street, Jeff Healy's like, hey, summer gaming's still real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was up and at it early today to say that. Uh, what was it, like 5 a.m. in his time zone? 
He has to be ready. That dude's just like, you thought I wouldn't shoot you, bitch? <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, just reading through this real quick. E3 2024 won't be happening at the LA Convention Center. And Jeff's tweet made it sound like somehow his would. But Ooh. maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me going, what is the most devastating thing Jeff could do? Uh, it might take place at a different venue, although timing is tight if they intend to do it. <laughs> and the ESA it's, is looking to reinvent the show for 2025. It's what? dead. What's it's that? over. Never. It's over. If you come back, it's reinventing the show. What do you mean reinventing right? the show? What? Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> We've reinvented a corpse into a living being. And I'm like, uh, did you ever consider you shouldn't do that? Agro, I just noticed your news. Uh-huh. We're going to it. So speaking of things being over. Uh, <laughs> and dead. When, when you thought they were as over as they could get, <laughs> we have brushed away the base of the hole and found even new deeper layers of over to plumb. Oh. Skull and Bones has lost its third creative director, oh. Elizabeth Pellin, uh, creative director since 2018. <sighs> that was a long run, Five though. Five years. She's moving back to, like, she's not quitting. She didn't get fired. She's, she's moving back to their Paris headquarters at Ubisoft. Maybe um, that means the game's almost done. Maybe they just don't need the creative director there anymore. All yeah. that's left is bug testing. Uh -huh. They'll get they'll get that out real early next I, year. I it assume totally isn't there about to ship the most broken thing in human history to keep Singapore from declaring war on them. I assume um, she earned her escape by solving Jigsaw's puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Ubisoft uh, has basically said no. It's it, like this didn't happen because of that. Uh, beta we put out and the results from that the game's fine we're polishing it These are really we're polishing it that. that's a really specific thing to say uh, according that... to Kotaku the game still doesn't have a release date internally they have no idea um, it's so over. fun fact on top of this uh huh. Uh, the CMPU which is Singapore's creative media and publishing union uh, who covers writers journalists and people who work in creative media um Let's see here. This is the actual Ubisoft email uh, statement. Uh, at the request of the Creative Media and Publishing Union, a branch of Singapore's National Trade Union Congress, a ballot exercise is being conducted this week among eligible team members in the studio to determine whether formal recognition as a studio should be granted. So apparently it was so shitty there <laughs> that their labor board has gotten involved and declared a union election. Oh, uh, what a nightmare. I have another quote from the email that I love, which is uh, because I, I love reading corporate shills lie to me. Uh, Ubisoft <laughs> yeah. believes in the importance of listening to our employees and fostering an open dialogue. Oh. And we believe that we have appropriate mechanisms and initiatives in place to continue creating a great workplace. That is always the lie they tell. Ubisoft <laughs> Singapore was voted by employees who weren't unionized as a great place to work in 2022. And we will continue to engage with our team members to gather their feedback and work together to create a workplace where everyone can thrive. Well, well one thing that would help us do that is if 
we had a union. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that won't be happening. <laughs> then, like, right behind him is the Singaporean army. Yes, it will. <laughs> Why? Like, so, a reminder, everyone who just fucking forgot. This was supposed to just be another pirate game like the Black Flag, which came out fucking forever ago. Yeah, but now the Black Flag remake is going to come out before this does. And it'll just be like, what did we make? What's happening? How does this happen? It was so easy. Yeah. This, this is the everlasting gobstopper of news stories. Every time you finish a layer, yeah. there's something worse and more interesting. Everyone on this podcast will die of bizarre causes before this game shifts. <laughs> a fucking skiing accident. Bob will be eaten by a shark. I can't wait to read how the Singaporean government tells them, no, you have to bargain with the union in good faith because... Not doing that constitutes a violation of your contract to ship this game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, Agro. Uh, hey. I know the year's 2023. Uh, can we talk about a thing that hasn't been haunting us for nearly 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got any news about not that? So, in lighter news, it turns out, uh, according to uh, the guys over at Larian Studios... That Baldur's Gate 3 wasn't supposed to be that aggressively horny. The uh, the levels of amorous feeling toward oh. you that your party members felt. Really? Uh, yeah, it was a bug. They were. It wasn't supposed to be that easy to fuck everybody in that game. That's bullshit. Like I, uh, I have seen a couple of uh, like two to four minute speed runs of getting laid in Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, yeah that, that's bullshit. They should have been like, oh, th this is making our game more high profile. Everybody thinks it's bizarre. Right? Good. Yeah. Now I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, they're going to patch this out before I get to play it and this is bullshit. I demand gonna... it has to be optional. I, I want yeah, that they, game they to boot up. they need to make it a toggle. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Like, 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 what, what, which version of D and D do you want to play today? Do, do you want to play like a Robert E. Howard sword and sandals kind of hack and slash, or do you want like a body nineteen seventies British hospital comedy? <laughs> to me, Baldur's Gate three was just the game where your main character is just standing with this party in the middle of like a mountain trail. And he goes, "Man, I'm fucking horny," and then the horse looks at you and goes, "How horny?" <laughs> I just that's what the game was in my brain. The thought that they're trying to change that image is a lot. Everybody's like, oh man, everybody wants to have sex in this game, and everybody who has played DD for a while is like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't... <laughs> like they didn't make a game set in a DD setting, they made a DD game. Right. <laughs> this fucking sucks. Yeah, no, this fucking fucks. This fucking sucks. <laughs> uh let's go to Chris. Hey Chris. You have news. <laughs> yes, I do. More so, news about things being more over than previously expected. <laughs> oh yeah! Like I feel like we need like another version of that image, that Tucker Carlson image, where he's just a skeleton in hell. <laughs> um. So Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines Two has resurfaced. Uh, it is now being developed by the Chinese room, developers of Dear Esther and Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Except not, because the company shut down a couple of years ago and every single person left except one co-founder 
who remained on in this new version who left two months ago. He's gone. No, what? So now it is now it is a complete ship of Theseus situation where nobody there worked on any of their other shit. So you, we have no idea what they could be doing over there. Yeah, because they have now have not released a single game, right? Since all the yeah. shifts. Yep. Um, the game is still intended to be a full action RPG like the original. Uh, there's going to be a gameplay reveal in January and it's due out fall 2024. No, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) The upside of this is that, um, because of the horribly confusing maelstrom of vampire games, they announced over the span of one or two years. I have no idea which one this is. Well, here's so the, I couldn't have been emotionally attached to here's it. Here's the amazing thing. It's not the one you care about because that one's VR and it comes out <laughs> later this year. <laughs> That's real, Bob. There is a Vampire the Rest Masquerade VR game. Oh, yeah, we did hear about that. But this was supposed to be the real one. This is the one that was a sequel to the yet- well-received cult classic. It had the original writers. They fired them for no reason. <laughs> And then shut down the studio and then fired everybody making it and then gave it to this other studio that they seemingly built for just for this. For reasons we still don't understand and probably will never understand, this reveal was all concept art. They're fucked. <laughs> was this the one like, that had the bad Christmas tree trailer? I don't know. No, I think that's one of the ones that did ship already. Mm. I don't remember which. Yeah, I don't think this game has ever existed enough to have a trailer. No, I think it had a trailer. It had like the here's a still image and a logo trailer. A number of people are saying that is the one. I thought that was for a different Vampire the Masquerade, but there, once again, there, there was one that was like, is this made in Gary's mod? Is it that yeah, one? Yeah, yes, that's that the one. okay. You see, I thought that was for a different Vampire the Masquerade game because they, I swear to God, shipped like three. They did in the last few years. It feels insane. Um. Oh yeah, they had the official next gen trailer that had a uh, that had uh Mark Zuckerberg. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or, or to 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 say that less stupidly, a character that looked like the actor who played Mark Zuckerberg in the Social Network, but specifically the version of him that was playing Lex Luthor in the Zack Snyder movies where he has long hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and since then, that version of the game has entirely disappeared, and it will never exist. This is. Can we escape the news? Like, can we not be just stuck in the infinite Tsukiyomi of the news? God, uh, well, we the, here, about... here's an exciting okay. announcement. Well, but at uh, least Baldur's announced... Gate was last, or uh, Beyond Good and Evil was last week. Yeah. So we don't yeah. have those next to each other and me just shrinking and shriveling. It's, it's sure cool that, they, that we've entered this fucking hellscape where every week it's like, yeah, that part of the Western industry is on fire. That part of the Western industry is on fire. That part of the Western industry is on fire. And it's a slow burn. Like, they're on fire, but they're all made of really wet wood. So it's going to take, like, years for them to finally burn to the ground. Yeah. It's like it's like the how in The Simpsons, they have the pile of tires that's on fire in every establishing shot of the city. Mm-hmm. That's like- Ubisoft right now. It's like, what if you put a frog in a pot and slowly heated up the water, except there's people standing around the pot going, hey, frog, if you don't get out of the pot, you're going to die. (laughs) The pot. And the frog can understand English. Right. The frog (laughs) can understand English. (laughs) Uh, They announced Retro Game Challenge 1 plus 2 for the Switch. 
The uh, Retro Game Challenge is the English name for the Game Center CX games that were on DS. Uh, we got the first one localized as Retro Game Challenge, and then we never got the sequel because the first one sold like shit, because of course it did. It was a thing called Retro Game Challenge on yeah. the DS. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, this is during the era where uh, I believe it was Kotaku published a U.S. localized version of Game Center CX mm -hmm. uh, with Arino Kacho. Kacho Arino. Um, but they didn't remove the original narr narrator, so they pumped the volume down and then have the English guy going, there are ninjas attacking Arino. <laughs> and then they would bring the volume back up. So most of the episode is ruined because you can't even hear the sounds Arino's making uh -huh. over them pumping the volume down to have the American <laughs> wow. guy. Um, for anyone who's interested in the game, I actually bought the game at a GameStop randomly at a mall, like something like 12 years ago or something. It was it was actually going to be our last game review and then I didn't make it because I was like, gives a shit it's a ds game from forever ago i picked this thing up for the cheap loose cart from a gamestop i didn't realize shortly after that for some reason the polite the price of it ballooned uh-huh this is a rare game now uh that game is actually really really neat it's a bunch of faux like 8-bit games that you get to see the main you time travel back to arino's youth <laughs> to be his friend and play fake NES games he played growing up. That yes. Are very uh, obvious parodies of pre-existing games. Nice. Yes, I remember it being very funny because one of them is really obviously Ninja Gaiden. Yes. And then you get, and then I think at the end you unlock the 16-bit version of it, like the SNES version of the franchise, which is like an actual platformer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I remember, uh, I think that one is specifically a parody of Ninja Jaja Maru or whatever. I can't remember. But yeah, uh, and, I, and I don't know good. shit about the second one because it wasn't was never localized. Yeah, I didn't play uh, it because it wasn't localized. I don't even know if there's a translation ROM patch. I you know? think there is. Uh, no English release has been announced for these yet. They need to do it. These are really fun games. You don't need the conceit of G R Game Center CX to enjoy it. Okay, there is a translation patch. I need to play that. <laughs> Yo, if you have a fucking flashcard for your DS, please try the first one at least. And uh, it's great. I, I didn't put this on news, but I'm going to bring it up now. So when uh when this comes out to also be the case with uh, gaming in a couple months or a year, uh, I can I can point back at this and be like, I, I, we talked about the, the precursor to this. I told so, you. <laughs> so uh, some people are in trouble about Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Uh, specifically, let me find out the name specifically. <sighs> Bunker 15 Movies, which is a uh, a film studio, a PR firm. It's a PR firm. Mm -hmm. They were caught bribing Rotten Tomatoes critics to boost a movie's Rotten Tomato score. What? No way. Uh, basically, what they would do is say, uh, hey, review this movie for us. If you like it, we'll give you $60. If you don't like it, why don't you be a bro and publish your review on your personal site that Rotten Tomatoes doesn't care about, and then we'll give you fifty dollars. Uh, this this has been a lot of people were caught. Uh, specifically, there was a movie a while back starring Daisy Ridley called Ophelia, I believe, that they boosted from forty eight tomato score to sixty two. Doing this, 
which gets you to fresh, which lets you put certified fresh in the uh, in your marketing material. <sighs> uh, and I'm really only bringing this up, uh, and, and a lot, and, and Rotten Tomatoes is pissed because like we we depend on having a reputation of not being bullshit. Mm -hmm. We'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think they took down every review it was confirmed with, and basically went around in a bat and is like. If we find out you did this, prison. Prison for a thousand years. You will be banished. No one will ever read anything you wrote ever again. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, and when this comes out to have also been having, been having happened to games, you know, in six months to a year, uh, I, I just want to be able to pop out and be like, yeah, of course. Of course it is. I really found it funny back in the Giant Bomb days that uh, Giant Bomb would get contacted by game publishers. They're like, you gave our game a seven. They'd be like, fuck you. We gave it a 3.5 out of 5. And they're like, but that translates to a 7 on Metacritic. You're fucking us. They're like, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that has to be the, the, the philosophy of a website founded because someone was fired for giving a game a 7. Hmm. I feel like people have forgotten. So if you don't know about that, Giant Bomb was founded because Jeff Gerstmann was fired for giving Kane and Lynch a seven. Yep. And at the, the time when uh, GameSpot, it was GameSpot, right? That he worked yes. for? Mm -hmm. GameSpot had the full, every single thing on our side is branded with Kane and Lynch. Every single fucking thing. Kane and it's Lynch, behind too. Behind the art. Kane and Lynch, too. To even more unforgivable. <laughs> Kane uh, and Lynch, too, was like, they had some bullshit at the time where it's like, Cut your own Kane and Lynch 2 trailer with our trailer maker on GameSpot.com. Yep. And that's, and that's where Giant Bomb came from. Yeah, because uh, the people who were in charge of GameSpot for most of Gersman's time there, uh, they had left. So no longer do you have those quality controls at a like admin level, at an editor-in-chief level, mm -hmm. to properly keep the separation of press and marketing. Mm -hmm. um, so when it came down to it, it's like, you cannot keep the score up because of what you gave it. We need to take that down. And he's like, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm fucking done. And it, he wasn't doing it as a moral grandstand thing. It was literally just a fuck you, I quit. So when he kept getting contacted by journalists around the world <laughs> about how he stood up to the machines, <laughs> he's just confused. Apparently some of those like journalists were calling his parents. What? They got the phone number for Jeff Gersman's parents. <laughs> They're like, we can't get in contact. Could you, could you, could you hook us was up with your son? Was Gerstman also 8.8? .8? Was that also Gerstman? What what's 8.8? .8? I don't. Uh that's when that's when uh Twilight Princess came out and somebody gave it an 8.8 .8 and Nintendo fanboys shit their pants. I think, yeah, that, I think was that was him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you if you guys if, again, Zoomers won't know. This was a big deal. There was controversy for months and people posting like finger point laughing at Nintendo fans cuz the new Zelda only got an 8.8. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Starfield has an 87 on Metacritic right now. I guess somebody's going to be killed. Hey, 87's <laughs> higher than I expected, because just the rough reviews I glanced at had 7's and lower. Right. So I'm, I'm... Yeah, it's weird that IGN gave it a 7, and then and then and I think even GameSpot gave it a 7, and then all yeah. the outlets that are normally more strict gave it higher, which is a weird inversion of how it normally goes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but 87 is unacceptable, as Jez Corden will tell you repeatedly for the next six months. Angrily crying. <laughs> I mean, very stable. Um, 
Yeah, we were talking earlier. Well, you know what? I'll save that for the Zelda news. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just I I find I find it funny how much more power that had even back then for a single site to give yeah, I a mean, score like that. They were much bigger back then because it was much more important. Small pond. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big fish for a small pond anyway. Um, now it's like whenever you get the roundup of reviews, GameSpot's one of 12 mm-hmm. in the tweet. Not yeah. the article that's a roundup. The tweet, they're like one of 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Gersman, I've I, I stuck with him since that basically because I was like, yeah, that's probably who I want to get my gaming reviews and news from. And <laughs> they always had a great tone over at Giant Bomb back when Giant Bomb meant something. And every time somebody goes, wasn't Giant Bomb at PAX West? I go, no, because they're dead. <laughs> Yeah, again, again, mm-hmm. when every single person has been replaced more than once, it, <laughs> it is no longer the same publication, and it, it's like it was a, it wasn't even a normal publication; it was a personality-based one. Right, uh-huh. it did video content entirely revolving around the tastes and opinions of the of the staff, and when all those people were changed, it's not the same website anymore. It's just not. It's over. You replaced the Hootie end and the Blowfish end of the band, yet you're still calling them Hootie and the Blowfish. I do not understand. Uh, anyway. The Chinese room of gaming journalism. <laughs> hey, Bob. What's up? I heard you have some gaming news. Yeah, do we want to go straight to the Zelda stuff? <laughs> sure, yeah. So Aonoma did an interview with Spamitsu, um, which... Almost directly said there will not be Kingdom or uh, Tears of the Kingdom DLC. Good. Um, and he would be further to say this is a quote from a translation done by a guy at VGC. Mm-hmm. So take video was, game chronicles. Yeah, video game chronicles. Take it was a grain of salt from that, but it is an actual translator. This is a machine translation or anything, right. which is what people were running early. And I'm like, <laughs> oh god. Um, it says we feel like we have already fully explored and exhausted the gameplay possibilities in this world. True. Yeah. <laughs> I played that game. It was amazing. True. Yeah, and it goes on to say, initially, the reason we decided to develop a sequel was because we believed there was still value in experiencing new gameplay was in this particular Hyrule. And it, there's a lot of things that really lean towards, no, that was those, the reason we made that was, hey, we didn't feel like we did, did everything we could with Breath of the Wild. Right. Mm-hmm. And... This kind of got it all their systems. He does have another thing in there that says, like, well, we might go back to this world at some point, but it feels like the half hard thing you do in all these Japanese interviews. Right. Yeah. Um, so Light, Lightning's journey will continue. See, your day will come. <laughs> right? That one I actually believe. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be honest. I if they do more 13 related content, that makes me pop away more than seven related content, because seven's popular, like really, really popular. So doing Final Fantasy 13 now is just insane. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, it is. I never count them out. It has reached an oversaturation vector. Yeah, right. That's a, yeah. And uh, when, when we need to, and, and, and anything that keeps us from getting Final Fantasy 10 3. I don't want that. No, even though every every so often the writer comes out and is like, here, I am. Oh, if, if the fans want it, I'll do it. I have so many ideas. I'm like, no, goodbye. Please call goodbye. me. Goodbye. He keeps threatening. I believe it's going to happen. I feel like I'm worried that is the next thing. It really could That'll be. That'll be a remake of 10 first. <sighs> so this interview was kind of heartening because I remember when, right around when Tears came out, uh, 
I don't remember who, but somebody in Nintendo had said like, yeah, this is basically the template of Zelda games going forward. Uh-huh. Oh, really? And it sounded like they were just going to keep doing this because of how popular it was. Huh. Yeah. And the, luckily, this makes it sound like that isn't the case, mm-hmm. which I love to see. Like, I feel like Zelda games did get in a kind of rut where it's like, well, we made Ocarina and then everything had to be like a different version of Ocarina for like 15 years or something before we finally switched to Breath of the Wild. So, mm-hmm. Which you made Ocarina was great. And then you immediately made a sequel to Ocarina and that was also great. And then maybe maybe we switch it up before you put out an 8.8. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I... I, I do wonder, like, what direction do you go? There, there's a couple, like, you could do something massively different from the standard Zelda status quo, like Skyward Sword mm-hmm. or Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. could scale down really hard where it's like, no, Link can't fly and build magic contraptions. Now it's Dark Souls. Yeah. You could mm-hmm. do, you could do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could just be, well, it's been long enough. Let's make a really super polished, linear, old style one. Yeah, or they I, could announce an Ocarina remake. Shut the fuck up. No, I, it's entirely possible they go back and just do a really polished isometric one again. Isometric? Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to remember Maybe. the exact term. I feel term like that wouldn't be the, the A team. Oh, tilt shifted. Well, there's a specific name. It's not tilt shifted or isometric. There's actually a different term that I looked at a thing once that explained these. <laughs> so I was like, that's cool. Mode seven. Yes. <laughs> Entirely <laughs> mode seven. Stuff. Finally. I, 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 I do think that would be a different team though. Cause they, they do seem to have like, okay, we have other teams do these mold, mold, handheld smaller slash smaller scale things. Sorry, I'm losing it over people being like top down. I'm like, yes, I forgot the highly technical term top down. <laughs> but no, there's, there's another word for it. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I, th- they do have that other team. So it does seem like that would be more their thing to try another new, in the style of Link's Awakening remake, like visually or whatever, that type of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Which would, I'm all for that. Link Between Worlds was pretty cool. It would have been even better if it wasn't just linked to the past all over again. Yeah, no, if they got something that felt as good as that. But going, fresh. But fresh and new, that would be sure cool. That would really store up my charts. Yeah. Yeah. I sure wish that Link's Awakening remake was anywhere near as good as that. I mean, to be fair, Link Between Worlds, that should escape the 3DS. <laughs> that would have been better than the Link's Awakening Absolutely. remake if they had just ported that to the Switch. That would have been good. That would have been real good. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, We mentioned a lot during our 3D Zelda month, but it would be really cool to see them do something more grounded like a Dark Souls or more... um like almost God of War 2018, something where it's like, it's a big open world. It's very explorable. But what Link can do has been constrained like it used to be in Ocarina of Town. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only jump when you hit the end of a thing. It's very different from, you could glide and jump and climb and, you know, and make a very different experience. And that would be really cool. You're like one dungeon into this new Zelda game by the time you realize, oh my God, they cannibalized Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> i'm so glad metroid prime 4 didn't switch ship on the switch one i hope that doesn't happen i need that to be a switch 2 game that blows all like, our dicks off <laughs> i feel like they're gonna have to make it cross gen i feel like you can't i feel like it wouldn't be accepted to announce it like at the start of a lifetime for a console and be like it's only on the next one 
Yeah, I, yeah, it does feel like that that sort of thing where they'll have to do it like Breath of the Wild, where it's like it's on the Wii U, but only kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel Legally, like, it's on the Wii U. Right? I, I feel like Metroid Prime fans, uh huh, they'll just be happy it exists, and everyone else will look at what is possibly one of the best looking first person shooters ever made, and we'll be like, "Holy shit! I need this new Nintendo system." <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just imagining the 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 immortals of Avium versus Metroid Prime for a breakdown. God, that's not fair. <laughs> no, that's really not. Oh my god. Uh let's let's move on. Sure. Uh Bob, let's move up one from no DLC to yes, DLC. <laughs> they talked about they talked about Final Fantasy 16 this week. Yes. We got um, we got the outfits we all deserved. Yeah, they did a lot of a big free update that added outfits that felt like they probably should have been in the game. <laughs> it did feel like that playing through the game. Um, I I'm not sure if I brought that up or any of us brought that up in that video because that video uh I, I'm numb to everything we said in it uh -huh. at this point. I spent a month editing it. I'm glad those outfits are in. That new outfit for Clive looks dope. I have not seen the Joshua one, and I will exercise restraint. Oh, that was spoiled. I will exercise restraint and not look it up live. <laughs> what else do we have, though? Um, they also added this thing so you can select the weapon skin, so you can use whatever looking weapon you want with the stats of a good weapon. Oh, nice. That's good. Wow. <laughs> nice. Because um, half those weapons are trash. Yes, if not more. <laughs> uh, there's also a new weapon they show in, which is the onion the sword onion from sword. Final Fantasy III. I haven't even looked at it. I, I assume it looks hideous like every time they tried to bring in a game, something from an old game like the one they did with Final Fantasy 1. I feel like I saw it and it seemed very pointy. Okay. That's about all I got out of it. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can find an image real quick. They added... Eh, uh, eh, <laughs> not, not, not doing it. I'm not toy. feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Looks it looks like know. a Nerf toy. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah that's the way like, all, every time they put in one of those no. ones that's from an older game, it's just like, man... No, this really, doesn't look right in the style. Now I'm really curious what the fuck I was looking at. <laughs> I was looking at a fucking sword in addition to this promo shit. Now I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> oh, well, anyways, here's here's the nerf sword for anyone who's, who's like, that must be hyperbole. That, that kind of looks like a nerf sword. I'm totally with Chris on this. Yeah, it does not look right. Okay, well. Um, they, they uh, added a thing in the menus which should have been there. Where it tells you how much of ability cooldown there is for the ability. Yes. And yeah, it even adjusts should, for that... when you put an item on that affects the cooldown. <laughs> uh, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, that really should have been default. The, yeah. The I thing mean, that's like the most important factor for any ability in the video game. I mean, because most of what you're doing with the skill tree is reducing cooldowns. And most of what you're doing with the, uh, the equipment is reducing cooldowns. So it really helps when you know what the timer is to begin with uh -huh. to know if 1.5 seconds will even leave an impact. Yeah. Uh, they also are completely re rebalancing uh, the way scoring works in arcade mode. Uh, good, because I heard nothing but bitching from people who actually engaged with that mode that it was terrible. Yeah, no, like, like I did it, and I was like, this seems broken and like it's not doing anything and right. i get that they're addressing that <laughs> that's cool i'm glad they're doing that i have no interest in playing that mode because mm. the levels are sometimes really really big and you don't get to see the ending cutscene properly yep so i wouldn't i wouldn't play it but 
and there's a huge list of other changes a lot of small stuff lots of big stuff uh they also said they're working on two paid dlcs that are on the way okay and the the pc version's coming along and they will talk more about that in the dlc by the end of the year oh are mm. they talking about the pc version by the end of the year i thought they were shipping that no by the they are not shipping it they're talking about it by the end of the year. Oh, okay <laughs> i was gonna say yeah, that's like, probably that that's probably gonna take a full year yeah if I th- not more i think someone was saying that the game was gonna ship by the end of the year and i was like that's kind of shockingly fast given that that would put it at under six months yeah that'd be insane if they were able to do it especially given the 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 game that shipped on ps5 is by no means rock solid like there's performance issues and other things Mm -hmm. it does not run stably even on that spec right so okay that makes sense uh let's move on sure bloodstained news somehow somehow (laughs) bloodstained is back right somehow we have more bloodstained news here in 2023 for original Bloodstained, not two or anything. Right, no. They're uh, working on that, but not yet. Uh, WayForward is working on the Versus and Chaos multiplayer modes. Which is online multiplayer for you to play with your friends. It's probably That's bad, neat. but... They should have guaranteed we would make it. They did Kickstarters, man. Yeah. I. It's It sure is coming. Uh, but more interestingly, they talked about their paid DLC, uh, which are new costumes for Miriam, which all look kind of bad. <laughs> mm. And uh, a, a new mode called Classic 2, Dominique's Curse. Which is just Castlevania 2 to the point where they have the text pop up that says, what a horrible night for a curse, but rephrased to be legally distinct. <laughs> yes. And that looks cool. I don't care what they charge for it. I'll buy it. Right. No, I'm buying it. I'm soul bound to fucking ego. So <laughs> like whenever he could put out the dumbest thing, you know, I'll fucking buy it. Uh, they also announced they sold 2 million copies. Yeah. Which is great. Because I think Bloodstained is a really great game. Right. I sure hope we get to hear about a new one sometime. Nope. Yeah. You're going to die. You're going to be eaten by that shark first. <laughs> they, they even say I, that, yeah, it was COVID and other things that made it take longer than we expected to get all this done. Yeah. It's like, oh, geez. yeah, I sure hope they never do Kickstarter ever again. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming if they do do Kickstarter ever again, they definitely don't put an online versus mode and a bunch of other things in that <laughs> right extension list, because, man, that sure is. An idea that looks great from a publisher slash marketing angle and no other. <laughs> uh, another Kickstarter-esque thing happened this week. Oh, yeah? A dark auction, Hitler's estate, entered crowdfunding on Campfire, uh, which is a Japanese sort of Kickstarter-like thing. Uh, crowdfunding platform. Yes. But yes, once again, that's Dark Auction colon Hitler's Estate. Uh, it's from the writer of Hotel t- uh, Room 215. Hotel Dusk Room 215. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rika Suzuki. So uh, it's supposedly an authentic mystery adventure is the uh, genre it's put in. Mm. Set in an ancient castle in 1981, 36 years after Hitler's death. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> the character designs are by the author of Gangsta. That's neat. Yeah, the designs look really good. I'm really interested in this. It's a shame it's on a Japanese crowdfunding platform. And I'm like, I don't even know. Can I 
back things on? Are you bringing this out in England? I assume you're not. So well, are... Luckily, it did they... get fully funded immediately, pretty much. Yeah. I feel like I feel like it's so unlikely for things to get left behind nowadays, especially if there's any name attached whatsoever. Mm. Like somebody, somebody will be willing to do that. Mm -hmm. How's that going on game looking, Bob? <laughs> it sure looks cool. <laughs> it looks really good, and I found out why. It's made by Goodfeel, who did the Yoshi's Crafted World and Kirby's Epic Yarn, and lots of other like Nintendo what I thought were first party games. Right, and that's why this uh, game on the Switch looks incredible. Uh, it's called Otogi Katsugeki. Momo, Momeda no Bakero, Oracle, Saiteru no Sainan. Agro, you want to give that a swing? Uh, no, I'm going to let that monument stand the test of time. I guess I'll put the text on the screen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a new successor to Goemon, and it looks really good, and they should bring it here, but they haven't even it given us a date. It looks fucking awesome. Uh, it comes out November 30th this, in Japan. I will be stunned if this doesn't get brought over because it's like a, a big full 3D game. There's no way they wouldn't be like, anything will get over there will be worth... Because it's not a fucking RPG. It doesn't have tons of text. Right? God, they better. Looks really good. Yeah, I know a lot of people, like I met on Twitch, you know, even, even people who trend towards pretty fucking young who really love the 64 going on game. Uh-huh. It's a great game. So maybe... Now's the time. Did you know people like anime? What? And no Japanese way. culture? This, this is actually a common misconception. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. No, what is? What? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Bob, what else is in the news? Uh, Alone in the Dark is delayed. Because they're afraid of Alan Wake 2 and Spider-Man 2. They should be. Uh, they, they should be. That's going to be January 16th because they, they basically literally said, no, we're, we don't want to release next to this. That's so <laughs> which, smart. Which is fair. It's another, yeah. like, you can talk about crossover and genres and how something might not affect other things. But Alan Wake 2, next to you, when you're another survival horror third-person shooter. Right. No, you're doomed. <laughs> Also, like, I feel like the Spider-Man 2 is such a huge launch that it's going to sap from all shores. Right. Like, a little bit. You don't want to land on they, top um, of that. They also might not be able to market it right now because it has, uh, like, one of the Stranger Things guys is the main character. Like, the adult, the dad from Stranger Things, I think, is the main character of this. And right now, well, but that he's wouldn't... an actor in a video game, though, so I don't... Is that different? I think that's different. that's a different guild. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it is a different guild. Oh yeah, that that's about to go on strike. Yes, yeah. are about yes. to go on strike. Yeah. Maybe they're foreseeing that in a month he will be on strike and not be able to promote their game. I uh, I keep forgetting this alone in the dark game is real. Yeah, right? I, I didn't know it was. I'm watching this trailer. Like I've never seen this. What? <laughs> yeah, THQ keeps like sneaking in once in a while. Like okay. <laughs> Nobody's going to notice, right? Um, in other news, Megan Fox is going to be Natara. No, no, sorry. Megan Fox is oh, yes. Natara. Yes, Megan Fox is Natara <laughs> in Mortal Kombat. For, for those unaware, she's one of the fake PS2 characters. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, if you watch that new movie, uh, she is the person that uh, Kung Lao decapit that does the saw blade fatality on with his hat. Really? Wow. Yes. Huh. Uh, so that's neat, I guess. It's really funny. It's funny. It's better, it's better than Ronda Rousey. Right. It sure is. What a bar. <laughs> God, yeah. What's the God, Ronda Rousey was so dire because it was so, it was like, you know, uh, Johnny Cage's voice actor is fucking acting his heart out. And then they cut, just cut to Ronda Rousey, uh, Sony Blade. She's like, yes. <laughs> so it was like Fort Solis. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you saved the heavy news for last, Bob. Yeah, of course. EA Sports UFC 5 is just announced and it comes out October 27th. Oh my god. It's kind of blew my mind because the last time they released one of these was 2020. Yeah, I figured they were done. Yeah. So to have literally no fanfare would be like it comes out in a month. Yeah. It's like, what? Uh. EA sure hasn't been cooking shit for a while. What like, if they this just game's love... good? Uh, no, it's, you're gonna have to roll for your fucking punches, my man. Pull the gotcha <laughs> to see what jab you get. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's literally how the last one worked. God, I've heard I about, forgot. I've heard oh. of rolling your punches, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes I think that terrible things from video games past are like something we made up as hyperbole. <laughs> and then I'm reminded that no shit gets real dire here. There's some really it's gross the, spots that you don't always look at. That sports fester. games like those EA sports games are like a blind spot on the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. Like nobody looks at or plays those except people who are already in. Yeah. Now they don't even have like the big E3 events and stuff where they always used to come to. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it is just, no, it's just those people that are left. Yeah. It's just whoever is buying it every year without it looking at anything else. Well, right. well they, tur they turned them into mental illness factories. Like, you read these articles that come out about the people who play uh, Ultimate Team or whatever on fucking uh, the, the football one. And it's like, I spent, I spent $10,000 and 400 hours this year. Yeah. Because yeah. I wanted to rank high. And I'm like, this should be made illegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it should. It's like how you fucking play boot up Ever Crisis, that new Final Fantasy mobile game. And it's like, here's the $70 bundle. But whoa, careful. You can only buy four of those a month. <laughs> you know, I, was, I downloaded that and it wouldn't let me play it yet. Like, I guess that was last night. So I guess now the servers are up and that, uh, that's happening. Don't Great. Even bother. <laughs> Every, I know people who are playing and it's like, if you hit the point real fast where it's just like spend money or you can't progress. Oh, it's too hard to progress if you don't spend money. Jesus. Anyway, in the UFC five, uh, if you pure the deluxe edition, you get Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, and uh, some guy who's actually an MMA, MMA fighter. <laughs> I was going to say noted MMA participants, <laughs> Mike Tyson yeah, and Muhammad Ali. Well, why? Why? Like, is, aren't we supposed to be getting a new fucking fight night at some point? They announced it. No. You couldn't sit on these until then. No. No. <laughs> Mike Tyson, whatever he he, 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 a while back he was like, "I'll get in the ring with four people." I'll, uh, please give me attention, give me attention. Except much more higher pitched because it's Mike Tyson. Um, <laughs> but leave, but leave Muhammad Ali alone. I get that his son is a scumbag, but leave him alone. 
Baki did enough for him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for the gaming news. Yeah. You can't even just pre-order. You got to pre-order digital deluxe. Yeah. I think just pre-ordering might get you Muhammad Ali, but it won't get you the other two. Oh, that's a shame. Well, uh, Bob and I are playing a video game tomorrow. A little video game known as Cyberpunk Suck and Fuck. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe it's known as that. <laughs> it is definitely known as that. It's a really cool game. You rollerblade, I hear. <laughs> you're you're going to ruin Christmas for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one the man at the store said you'd want. <laughs> Mom, but where did you get that? <laughs> what dojin shop did you walk into? <laughs> I went to a, a local convention bought this game on a USB. I just asked Siri where I could buy it near me. <laughs> it directed me to behind a Dairy Queen. <laughs> there was a man. He had a jacket full of USBs. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to play Cyberpunk Fantasy. The actual name of a real video game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Echo, what do you, uh, what do you got going on? You have to say it once. <laughs> it's, it's like a broadcast standard thing. You have to say the real name you one time. You can't make me say it. <laughs> I'm going to try and dive... Uh... <laughs> I'm trying not to no. say it. <laughs> I'm going to try and dive Starfield as fast as I can. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, let, let me see real quick. I think... Where was it? Because I have, I have the picture. One sec. One sec. Let's see. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, Chris, what do you got going on? Uh, I don't know when I'll do this. I haven't decided yet. I'll I'll post it on Twitter a couple days in advance. But I'm but I've never played Mirror's Edge, so I'm gonna play Mirror's Edge. Oh shit! Cool. That's that's a good video game. And, and and then maybe and then maybe I'll look at not play through entirely probably, but look at Mirror's Edge Catalyst and go, why'd they reboot this into this? That doesn't make any sense. Why'd you hear everybody saying you want a new Mirror's Edge and then make it a weird open world thing with a re story reboot? What is wrong with you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it hadn't even been that long. Like, it, it seemed so crazy. I think it was like four years or something insane. Right, and that's not a big that that's not a big time difference in the modern era of games. I think it was I think it was closer to seven because if you recall, Mirror's Edge came out pretty early PS3. Okay, yeah, it was uh, it was it was six years. So there you go. Or no, it was seven. It was seven. But um, still, that's one game. You used to go out. Oh, it's a reboot. Who knows why? Right. Well, it's a prequel reboot question mark. God. But there, Agra, there's the name of the fucking game. You gonna argue with the logo? I hate you so much. You gonna argue with that? That is the game we are streaming. This is why people send us Gene Caria edits. <laughs> you saying I you deserve know, that? You know, we didn't get a sing. I I'm disappointed, Podlord. So I'm, I'm, I'm chastising you right now. We didn't get a single Gincaria dinosaur. I know, isn't that weird? <laughs> I, we don't I, take I, another we even, to cook. <laughs> we even had a bit where I implied that that the main character's father was Gincaria because because their brother wears like a really tacky shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I think this would fit in the Bleach timeline, you know? Yeah, maybe. Gincaria is seemingly infinitely old. Right, because they're bounced. Yeah. That's what they do. 
This is this has gotten to be too much. We're ending this podcast. <laughs> Have a good one, everyone. Goodbye. You can't argue with the logo. <laughs> you can't imply that humans evolved to be bounce-like millions of years later. <laughs> I'm just saying Jinkaria did. He was a dinosaur, but he got better. Wait, but bounce can't have children. Oh, wait. Not with humans. Wait. Oh. Yeah, hmm. dinosaurs might have the proper vitality to uh <laughs> to withstand the bound curse maybe 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 they aren't actually dinosaurs maybe they're weird dinosaur shaped hollows maybe they're weird dinosaur shaped arangar <laughs> do, do bounce have spined penises <laughs> are there barbs on jinkaria's dick <laughs> <laughs>